D&D After Dark is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast starring three semi-professional actors and full-time parents. Previously on Dark Was the Night. The ties of fate continue to churn around dynamic inquiries with Mr. Carl Patrick and Miss Jules Walker. A brief morning venture to Arnold Smithfield's townhouse resulted in some amazing communication with Shadow the Cat, as well as a light, over-the-shoulder reading with Mr. Carl Patrick in the Green Square Park. There, after the initial viewing was done, they met the acquaintance of Mr. C., a elderly gentleman representing a mysterious coalition seeking potential employment of this dynamic duo. With only a simple warning to protect Mrs. Britton's interest, the duo made their way back to 17 Shaftesbury Avenue. There they gathered their proceedings for the day and made their way back to Scotland Yard, where they received quite the dressing down from a very irate and slightly haunted Inspector Robinson. After the confrontation had concluded, they made their way over to the morgue, whereupon they discovered the general cause of death of Diedrich and the incidental slaughter of Peter Goldrick. While Jules was being poorly, poorly romanced by Bugsby, Casper, uh, Cackper, Ruth, another vision began to haunt Carl Patrick. He found himself alone with various bodies of his father, Big Mouth, Jules, and himself, all bearing the scorched emblems of the Four Horsemen, the central theme of this mysterious murderer. Jules attempted to reach through this vision to ground Patrick. However, she only beheld a towering behemoth in deep underwater with tendrils of shadow connecting Patrick. Jules made a gamble to try and assist from outside the vision. Patrick now stands alone before these four shambling, bloated corpses. Did she make the right choice, or will actions have consequences? Now sit back and enjoy tonight's episode of Dark Was the Night. Dynamic Inquiries. Roll for initiative. Me too. Yes. That's not good. Six. Okay. Carl, six. Seventeen. Jules, seventeen. And why don't you both go ahead and uh, roll again for me. Not for your own, not not your own, not your own stats. So I rolled an eight. An eight? Plus okay. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to have to do uh, a roll off in a second. Nineteen. Oh my. Okay, so we got... Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Bless you. Thanks. What'd you get for your roll off? Fourteen. Okay. Okay, so we have... I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna refer to them by their horseman titles. Mm -hmm. So we've got War at 19. 
Um, Jules, you said 17, was that correct? For me, 19 for the other roll. Right. Um, okay, so then, what's there? Nope, that brings it down to a 16. That's okay. hilarious. Um, Jules, 17. Above at least one of them. Sixteen. Lovely so, map, by the way. Really. Thank you. Okay. Although the morgue clearly needs some work done on this floor. Pestilence. Fourteen. Carl. <laughs> Six. No, sorry, not Carl. He won the roll off with an eighteen. <laughs> Death. Six. And. Carl, six. Right. Carl, we will say that, so that we are not starting off on a bad note to begin with, that your concluding action in the last session was to break forward apart from the uh, grapple that you had held against your own uh, demented undead doppelganger, awesome. the Avatar of Death. Uh, as you stumble forward, um, War, your father, begins to lunge at you. He storms directly in front of you, arm outstretched, uh, the flesh sloughing off in uh, rotten layers, revealing uh, uh, swollen pustules of uh, ichor and pus, just as the rotted limb reaches for you. He's going to try and slam you. Um, oh, jeez. I'm rolling hot tonight, guys. Uh, that's going to be a 21 to hit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oof. Carl, you lose seven points of sanity. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Things just got really real. Oh, no. And that is the end of War's turn. Oh. Jules, it is now your turn. Okay, so um, I'm going to be looking at him, and I'm going to say, Booth, we need to move him. Move him? Uh, what? Exactly. Clear, clear a table. No, very well. Um, as this exists in a separate time constraint, uh, you do see uh, Booth immediately move over to the uh, table where the slaughtered pig remains are, mm -hmm. in which he had been testing weapons. One second! I'll go help. <laughs> oh, natural 20. Um, the pig remains. Spider on the opposite Thank wall. Thank you for doing that now and not when attacking him. Oh, yes. that. Would, oh, my. Ooh. Ooh, that could, uh -huh. be, that could be very bad. Um, Is that sound effect? The, the no, natural no, the 20. Na a natural 20 in an attack, yes. Um, we'll also say that for the dual purposes of this action, you are both able to get... Um, Pass. We're gonna we're gonna call Booth your familiar in this case, and he Great. goes immediately after you. And love it. So you guys use your help action for each other to get uh, Carl onto the the uh, t the testing table, as mm -hmm. it were. Uh, though I'm sure he will have words for you as the pig's blood is beginning to seep into his clothes. He is on the table. Anything else? Okay. Um, so first off, I just want to observe if there's any change in having physically moved him. Give me either a medicine or investigation check. Uh, well, neither of those are too great. We're gonna for say me. Booth will assist you 
on medicine. Okay, great. That's my better stat of the two. Unless you roll terribly. That's a, that's a nine. A nine? Doesn't appear to be any visible change. Okay, then I'm, um... That's what a nine gets you. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to say to Booth, do you have any coffee? Coffee? I, I, I don't touch the stuff. Sure. A, a real Englishman has tea. Do they the have any in the police? In uh, Scotland Yard. I, I'm sure they do, but what... Run and get some. G g right now. Is that... What... what, what, what very well! And uh, he will... Yeah. Okay, and then... He'll start to leave I'm assuming you... that will come back to me when he gets back. We'll come back to you when well, he Well, I mean... Back. Yes. No, 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 no. Like, I might do some other stuff while he's gone, but, like... I see that what you're saying. I see turn. what you're saying. Okay. It is now Famine's turn. Big Mouth. The... Unlike the remainder of the uh, undead who seem to have some sort of skeletal structure still, Big Mouth is just a giant undulating flap of mottled flesh that, as I said before, there is no earthly force that should be able to move it, but it's almost blob-like in nature as it's just slithering across the floor towards you. Surprisingly flat, fast for its uh, speed, though, and it gets... Right next to you, on the other side. Um, oh dear. Let's see. Nick Smith, both attacks hit. Okay, both attacks hit. Okay. So here comes attack number one. Does a 15 hit? No. Okay. Here comes attack number two. And that definitely doesn't hit. Um, the fleshy appendages... <laughs> lash out at you twice. You nimbly step over them at both times. As you're doing so, um, you do see that as each appendage comes out at you, the flesh almost seems to spread, almost as if it were to hit you twice. Whoop. Hmm. Did not put the music on repeat. <laughs> if it were to hit you twice, um, you get the sense that it'd be very difficult to escape from it. Uh, that concludes uh, Famine's turn. is now Pestilence, Jewels, Twenty. Five, ten, fifteen. Twenty gets it right to you, but once again, none of them can flank with you. Against you, I should say. Uh, one attack from. Oh, that's going to be a. It's going to be a nineteen. Yep. Okay. You lose three points of sanity. What does she do? Uh, she grabs onto your uh, head and just kind of leaves a rakish claw mark on your face. Mm. How many points is that? Uh, three. Three points of sanity. Okay. Um, I doubt this has anything to... Uh, I doubt that any of these have anything to do with these, but um, I am resistant to necrotic damage, but I'm sure this is different. Um, that is very good to know. Uh, even were they of the physical realm, this would not be necrotic damage. But yep. thank you so much for reminding me. That is, trust me, that that will serve you very well in the yep. future. I, I, I thought it might, but I just yep. wasn't sure if any of this was. Oh. The damage, you would still have resistance. Like, if you were a barbarian and you were raging, you'd be taking half yeah. of the... You'd be taking half the sanity damage yeah. as it is. Um, all right. It is now Death's turn. Gosh... Bottom of the order. Yep. Um, 
It's going to stay exactly where it is. Uh, it does get advantage because it is now officially flanking. Mm -hmm. And it is going to try to grapple you. So make an contested either athletics or acrobatics. Oh dear. Is that a nat 20? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not good. Look <laughs> at the look on your face. <clears throat> that moment when, as a DM, you are simultaneously rooting for the players as well. But you have to do your job. I don't think so, but I just want to double check my Horn of Elb. See if that um, gives you any sort of boost. Yeah, don't think it does. But I am doing check. a roll to see if Jules remembers something. It's on my attack. Okay. I'm giving myself a DC of 15. No, it's an 11. I do not remember it. The arms, your own arms, curl up underneath you, uh, in kind of this uh, old grappling maneuver that you had learned in a boxing club when you attended uh, the College of Edinburgh, and. Uh, it does take you back for a brief moment, as well as, because it is yourself, it gives you the opportunity, if you succeed in this history check, to perhaps grant you advantage on how to break said hold. So go ahead and give me a history check. That's a 16. Okay. You do remember exactly which point in which you need to drive your elbow to get out of this. Okay. With that, Carl, it is your turn. All right. Um, okay, that's not terrible. Jules, after war, you are on deck. Uh, being grappled isn't the worst thing, just makes my speeds go up. So I'm going to, um, first... Uh, shoot twice. I'm gonna shoot at um. One thing I also yeah. do want to say in regards to our institution here is that I'm not certain of how firearms work in typical D and D. I know how ranged weapons typically work. Uh, if it does say disadvantage within five feet, I am nixing that yeah. because Aww. I feel like that is. I have a feat that allows me to nix that. <laughs> you can pick a new feat. How about that? I'm sorry. I just if it's a if it's a pistol and you're standing within five feet of someone, it just seems a little silly. I, I'm giving you guys a free gift. Don't give me a pouty look. I was very excited about having that feat. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I mean, we can, oh we can, man. We can go back to that and I'll choose a different thing. Please. Um. What? I'm just saying, if you, if you want to... No, it's fine, I'll just pick a different feet. No, that's great, that's very nice of him. It's just funny, because I was literally just looking at that and feeling all smug, because okay. I had that so ability. To, uh, but yeah, it does make sense. I'm going to shoot <clears throat> my father with a uh, 12. 12 hits. Nice. Eight points of uh, 
whatever damage this is. Piercing damage. Okay. And then shoot him again for a dirty 20. Very nice. Or uh, a, a 7 this time. So a total of 15 points of damage. And then um, I'm going to cast... I'm, I'm going to uh, look at all these... Um, Zombie people. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I just wanted to let you know as what happens as the bullets ring out. Okay. Um, in particular, uh, as you swing the gun, fighting off your own arm appendages, uh, your revolver rings out twice, uh, and you do see uh, your father's left arm uh, break apart at the sinew. Uh, it looks like if he were to take another one shot like those, awesome. uh, it looks like he would probably have some difficulty getting back up. Um, you may and not then, proceed. Uh, there are other benefits to the feet. I thought that was it. Okay, no, gotcha. We're good. I don't have to load. Sorry, I didn't mean to deprive you. No, of no, no, it's fine. It was just so funny because I just looked at it. That's why it was so amusing. Gotcha. I, it definitely makes sense for bows and arrows. Like, oh, too close. Right. But uh, then I'm gonna um, tell all these dudes, uh, you really don't want to do this, and uh, they have to do a wisdom 13 before they attack me. Interesting. So I assume that for the D and D sanctuary. For, yep, it's sanctuary. Okay. You really, um, you really don't want to do this. Um, while that phrase has uh, held some amount of power mm -hmm. uh, in the in the waking world, as you resolutely state that, you feel something else besides that normal confidence. Beyond the power of the law and of truth upon your side, there is something deeper behind it now. And as you utter those phrases, utter that phrase, a ripple of this emerald-esque energy emits in an aura around you for a brief second, splashing over the the four horsemen, as it were. And I will now go ahead and, uh, well, it's when they attack you, right. Um, and as you are now looking at yourself, you do see that there is just the tiniest sheen of uh, kind of a green miasmatic energy emitting nice. from you. Cool. Um, okay, great. Uh, top of the order... Carl, as you are looking at your arm, trying to understand just what on earth is happening, you see the area about maybe 40 feet to your left. The wall begins to melt away. And you see a passage form in the wall itself. It is a stark contrast to the cobblestone, lamp-lit nature of the morgue and appears to be more natural in appearance. As if you were about to go on a spelunking expedition. Carl and, does love some spelunking. <laughs> and uh, with that, it is now top of the order. So, War mm -hmm. needs to succeed on a Wisdom saving throw. Wisdom 13. Wisdom 13. It needs to roll high. That is a two. It might. <laughs> so either. So that is a zero. On a failed save, the creature must choose a new target or lose the attacker spell. 
Hmm. Call it to you. Hmm. Odds or evens? Even. So uh, you see as um, uh, War, your father, lifts up his other arm in a closed fist, and for a brief second it is almost like you're six years old again, and the, the visage is terrible. But as the arm comes down, <laughs> an eruption of the green energy comes from you and completely uh, sideswipes the, uh, the attack. Uh, for a brief moment, there's confusion, and anger is supplanted by almost grudgeoning respect from the undead visage of your father. That is War's turn. Jules, it is now you. Pat, do you carry a Bible on your person? No, but I do carry a cross. Okay. You would probably know this. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't need a cross. I need a Bible. Okay. I am going to... Let's see if they have a Bible in the morgue to do rites over bodies. Hmm. An intriguing... Asp- an intriguing... Int- give me an investigation check. <laughs> yes, you see one conveniently on the bookshelf. <laughs> I just, I know, my investigation I know, I know. is not a great stat. Oh, but 14. 14. Uh, as you are looking around, you do see a desk and uh, what looks to be a collection of papers and a collection of various different unmarked leather tomes. Okay. Um, it's on the other side of the room, so you once again do your cool sliding along the top of the yeah! car on the table, uh, sidestepping the pig carcasses, which are now splatted onto the floor, mm-hmm. and you get to the desk. I am quite dexterous. Mm-hmm. You get to the desk, and um, with a 14, that is all you are able to ascertain this round. Okay, that's fine. Okay. On to Famine, or Big Mouth, uh, who does get two attacks, but first, we need to see if he succeeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so Big Mouth's a little bit better. Uh, is it 13, you say? 13 whiz. That is a 19. Okay. Big Mouth succeeds. Uh, is it every attack, or is it, it just says, once? I work uh, until the spell ends. Any creature who targets the worded creature with an attack or harmful spell must first make a wisdom saving throw. So every when they talk every, every time. Attack, every time. I love that. Okay. And this is not. It doesn't protect me from area effects, like an explosion or a fireball. Good but to know. It does from direct attacks. Attack. Yeah. Great. Um. He does not get advantage on this because he is not flanking. So, straight roll. Uh, ooh, ooh. Um, yeah, that's going to hit. That's a 23. Yep. Okay. One, two, four, plus three. You lose four points of sanity. Okay, here comes attack number two, potentially. We will see. Uh, dang. Uh, yeah, he rolled another 18. So, uh, here comes attack number two. Oh. Oh, no. Does a 17 hit? It does. Oh, no! Glancing damage, though. If that's your AC. No. Oh, your AC is 16. I thought it was 17 for whatever reason. Oh, no! And he's hit twice. Yep! Yeah. Okay. So, as uh, Big Mouth's uh, large hands uh, seem to just almost envelop around the aura that is uh, crackling around you. You hold up your hand, revolver in the other, trying to maintain this low aura of protection before it just completely cocoons around you. Uh, the grapple of your own self is broken in its entirety, and technically your own self also takes damage 
because he was in the line of fire. So he's going to take that much. <laughs> and that is death, and death is that much, so that brings it down to that. Um, you are now wrapped in the crushing embrace of Big Mouth. Um, you are blinded, and you are also unable to breathe. Um, you are being fully enveloped. The gluttonous behavior of Jewel's contact seems to be echoing in this vision of death thereafter. Um, let's see. Uh, you're grappled by it while the vomus is attached. The target is blinded and unable to breathe. So Attack, Attacks against me have advantage, and my attack was a disadvantage. Uh, yep. The target must succeed on the DC 13 strength saving throw at the start of each of its turns. Um, not the target, but Big Mouth's turn. Um, if something moves the target, the bone must moves with it. Bone can detach itself by spinning. Okay. Um, uh, you can use your action to try and detach from this. Um, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. No, no. So, yeah. That's awful. Um, <laughs> did, I, did I take damage from that second attack? Ooh, I mean... Because 81... Yes. Down no, you, through that, and then... You took an additional... Um, four points. Um, okay. It is now Famine's turn. And the thing is, is that because of Big Mouth's nature, you are technically in cover, nice. because it is... And fully enveloped, enveloped around you. So, uh, go ahead and add. I believe it is additional two AC. So it still has to do that wisdom save. Right. Yeah. Um, that is going to be uh, what was it? Thirteen. Okay, that's a fourteen. Okay. So, it's going to hit potentially. Uh, no, big old miss. Big, big, big old miss. That's famine. Even with the advantage, because I am blinded. Right. Still misses. Um, and with pestilence, here comes the wisdom. Uh, mm -mm. So that was pestilence, right? So oh no, that was uh, oh that was pestilence. That was pestilence. Right. So, yeah. now we're so down this to is death. death. So death fails the wisdom save. So death cannot attack you. So even though you are now suffocating and can only see the the writhing flesh of Big Mouth all around you, there is just the uh, smallest emanation of green around you. Still just crackling off your form. Um, Carl, it is now your turn. Okie dokie. So that's... You may use your action to try and break this. It will be a DC 13 strength check. You may use athletics or just straight strength. A DC 13? Mm-hmm. Check. Check. Um... You stretch out your arms, but the elasticity and the putrid smell is enough to gag you, and you, your arms come right back to where they were. What? While I'm here. Mm-hmm. 
um, is there, okay, I'm going to try it. So as a paladin, I have an ability called lay on hands, which I can heal myself. Mm -hmm. I haven't taken any damage. I've lost sanity. Correct. So I don't know if this would help at all. So I'm gonna... We are going to say that for the purposes of this vision, <clears throat> while you're in the vision, it's not that you feel yourself going more insane. It is that you feel as if you are taking pain. Damage. Okay. Um, then I'm going to... I'm going to... For my own notification, is lay on hands a bonus action? Oh, it's an action, so I can't do it. Okay. I was just... I'm just looking at my nope. own stuff. No, nope. It's a um, good cool. question to ask. Cool. All right, so I'm done. Okay. Though you cannot see it. Hallway is expanding. Correct. Top of the order. Uh, war. Your father. Uh, wisdom. Fails. Cannot attack. Um, and Jules, we're to you again. Okay, it's one of the books of the Bible. <clears throat> Give me an investigation check. Can. Nine. Only needed a five for this. Okay, great. All medical textbooks. No Crap. Bible. Um, you get the sense that as you are pulling out the books, you go, oh, last rites is probably more common in a hospital. Sure. Or something along those lines. The um, morgue is where the is there any other staff dead. in this building? In the uh, no, there's not. It was it was strictly the coroner. Okay. Uh... What's your passive perception? Uh, my passive perception is 13. That's enough. Um, you do hear... And you look behind you and you do see that Patrick is starting to thrash on the table. Okay, well then, I, I'm just going to try to remember. I don't know what you want me to roll for this. Um, she's going to come over, um, and she's going to be like, I've, I've heard it, I've heard people say this, I've heard it, I've never, okay. Um, the Lord's Prayer? Yep. Mm -hmm. Give me a religion check. Ooh! Oh, that's no better than history. Well, roll high, please, little die! Oh, no, that's not that. No! What is it? Two. And then I negative one, so it's a one. Dirty one. Why don't you go ahead and uh, give me your rendition of the Lord's Prayer? <laughs> no, if she did that bad, she's like, I'm drawing a blank. There's she's like, nothing. I know Patrick said something along this line. <sighs> and yay! God, though bless, I, God bless us, everyone. Though I, <laughs> I, though I walk through the valley of tea time, <laughs> I will fear no evils. Weevils, for I know that thou art... No! Dang it! Um, okay. That's hilarious. You get one more. I get one more what? One more action. Oh, okay. Um... That's always awesome. Weebly wobbly. What, have I got on me? what on earth have I got on me? What have I got in my pocket? Um... CPR probably hasn't been invented yet. Or discovered yet, I would assume. 
That's an um, excellent question. Believe it or not, the medical expertise did not fall into the purview <laughs> of my research. That's fair. Um, I would just assume that we probably didn't know you that You know what? Yet. I would think that CPR or a form of... Because, I mean, like, if we have people... If Mary Shelley was talking about using electrodes and stuff to shock corpses to life, I would imagine that they know that there's stuff you can do to... Okay, well, great. If you're, say, if you're saying that, that I am. So then I'm going to start to... to um... Uh, try to do some kind of resuscitation, and I'm basically just gonna do that until Booth comes back. Well, or Are until you my saying next turn. You're doing this? Um, absolutely. I'm saying, wake up, Pat. Pat, it's not real. Whatever it is, it's not real. Wake up, or it is real. I don't know. Wake up, Pat. You're stronger than this, Pat. Give me a persuasion check. Um, and then I'm going to add, after a pause, and like, in God's name, Pat! Guess what? Make it with advantage. Yay! Because um, I know that would mean something to him. This is a persuasion? Mm-hmm. I'm fairly persuasive! Because she used to persuade people to have sex for money. <laughs> Technically, that's I mean, a pimp, but... Yeah. Uh, 24. 24. And that is the end of your turn. Okay. <laughs> uh, Big Mouth continues to uh, start trying to constrict. Um, you take. So is this, um, is, this, is this constrict an attack? It's less of a or a harmful spell. It's less of an attack and more of a condition. Okay. But you know what? I'm I'm gonna let the dice decide on this whether or not sanctuary would affect this. So odds or evens. Well, even for casting, even. Even continues to do you well. Yay. So, Sanctuary continues to go. Uh, what are the rules for holding breath? It's uh, like your con. Yeah, there's something there. Let me look it up. Totally. Um, oh, and that's a natural one on the wisdom. <laughs> so, uh, definitely cannot do so. Okay, so I can hold it for a number of minutes. One plus Constitution modifier. Oh, minimum well, of thirty seconds. Then you're going to be, you're going to be just fine. Uh, one plus Constitution modifier. What's your Constitution uh, modifier? I don't know. Wait a second. It's going to be uh, my con mod is a negative one, so thirty seconds. <laughs> so five rounds. Mm -hmm. So this is round one of not being able to breathe. Mm -hmm. Um. Is then pestilence, pestilence's turn, uh, and it is going to have to do the fail, 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 fail. The aura is starting to spark brighter and brighter around you, um, as you can tell that it is warding off the damage. Though it is getting very hard to breathe, um, it is now your own self's turn, and once again, uh, fail. It's a nine for wisdom, and as all these bodies are closing in on you. And the dark is starting to swallow what flickering green light is still around you. You hear, faintly, as if through the flesh and down an echoing hallway, you hear, uh, In God's name, Pat! You're stronger than this! And with that, <laughs> you throw out your hands, 
the uh, each of the undead need to make a we're gonna call it a DC 14 strength saving throw. Fail. 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 Come on. Fail. They all fail. Yay! And they're all blasted back. Five feet. It is your turn. Awesome. I'm going to run down the hall. Okay. What's your speed? 30. Okay, and what are you doing for your action? Um, I'm, I'm going to dash. Okay. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And disheartened, you get to what appears to be a dead end. And that is the end of your turn. Which, coincidentally enough, Where are these pieces? Where are these pieces? These are new. They're the ones that Joe gave us. Oh, cool. Ooh, that could either be good or very bad. You see, a long Ewing hallway. Ewing going through spooky doors has not had a great track record. With a shadowy frame upon the end. Um, you do, faint, give me a perception check. Perception. Not amazing. I'm doing really bad tonight. That's a 17. That's bad. Oh, sorry, not a 17. That is uh, less. That's uh, 14. Okay. Well, still not bad, just not great. Yeah, compared to my two. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> you see as if through. Um, Kind of that uh, that bubbled glass, you know, the the kind that goes over shower shower doors, mm -hmm. um, just kind of that distorted, slightly uh, brazed image, uh, and behind it you see very large the face of Jules, kind of bobbing in and out, screaming at you. <laughs> uh, that is your turn. It is now your father's turn. 30, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And then it is your turn. Uh, is Booth back yet? Booth is not back yet. <sighs> okay. Um, mm, okay, well, I don't have any scripture. Don't have any coffee. Is there a cup of tea sitting out somewhere? Give me an investigation check. Great. <laughs> I purposely didn't make my investigation very good because I wanted to see him to be the investigator. Yes. One. Oh no. Um, <laughs> that's a five. <laughs> no, there's no tea. Okay, well that's fair. I wouldn't want to drink tea in here either. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to drink tea yeah. at all. So you look around frantically. No tea. Okay. No tea. Do you do anything um, else? Uh, 
Can I perceive if I made a difference in, in doing that? Give me a medicine check. 15. 15. For a brief second, you saw the pupils shift from where they had just been staring blankly ahead with that white film over it. You saw yeah, yeah, okay. a flash of Patrick's eyes before the film. Okay, that being the case, then I'm going to continue what I'm doing, because obviously mm -hmm. it was effective. Um, and I'm going to say, yeah, Pat, 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 yes, come. Come on out. Um, I can't do this without you, Pat. Patrick, you are hearing this, though it is a little more fog. As if you are underwater. Hmm. Very nice. Um, okay, it is now Big Mouth's turn. 30, 25, 20, 15, 20, 25. You do hear the <laughs> sounds behind you as the uh, four horsemen appear to be in pursuit of you. It's then pestilence. Should have brought down the clip in my chest. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And finally has to use half his movement to get up. Uh, so that is 15, 15. 20, 25, 30. 5, 10, 15, 20, 30. Okay. Uh, Carl, it is your turn. Okay. Um. Okay, we're going to run... How narrow is this hallway? Uh, ten feet wide. That hallway is ten feet wide in there. Oh, in there? Yeah. Uh, that's more like eight. Space and a half. Okay. And is there a chasm there, or is it just a? It's like a easily really. easily stepped over. Okay. Um. Okay, so this is. So it's definitely 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Beyond, beyond your normal movement. My normal movement. So if I rush there, I can get there. Two dash. Oh, I'll dash then. Okay. Using your full movement, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Action to 5, 10, 15, 20. 25. As you begin to step over the threshold and the shadows begin to peel away and you, Jules, are seeing Patrick's eyes starting to flicker uh -huh. back as if he's coming back, you hear a voice, Patrick. It's as if it is big mouth, you, Jules, your father's voice, all overlapping. And with horror, you turn behind and you do see in the shadowy abyss of the hallways that you've just from, the pinpricks of light from each of these undead eyes, these burning with an orange ember of, of vengeance and pain. And as one, they all speak out, saying, Come now, detective. Wouldn't you like to know who pulls our strings? Stay, and we will show you before. 
They can kill again. Do you continue on? I'm going to do an insight to Very see nice. if I trust this garbage. Very nice. I'm going to be doing a placebo roll. Natural one? No. It's a ten. So. With a ten, you're able to pick up this because they rolled very poorly on there. In this case, not a placebo roll. Mm -hmm. While they are being honest, while they are being forthright in the sense that you will learn who this mysterious murderer is, the cost will be your own sanity in its entirety. They're done killing me, so. <sighs> You still have, you know, five feet of movement left to get through the threshold. I know. I know I do. So, um, can we do a flare thing? For flare? I a, love a, a, flare. A, a rule of cool thing? I love a rule of cool thing. I'd like to shoot my father. <laughs> Go for it. As I'm leaving. Go for it. That'd be really nice. I know, I know I already used my actions, but... That is going to do it. That's 19 plus 6. So. so as all four of the voices are <laughs> ringing out, uh, they all kind of start to shamble down the hallway. With horror, you see that some of them are clambering along the walls. Uh, Jules herself is uh, hanging from the ceiling, uh, making her way towards you with some sort like of demented spider climb. Uh, <laughs> and lumbering down the hall, one arm outstretched is your father. Are these, um, are these technically undead? Yes. Nice. So that's gonna be um, a D10 plus two D8 plus four D8 because oh no, uh, plus three D8. So that's a D10 plus three D8. Bumping a smite into this, are we? Bumping a smite in there. And I'm gonna. What are you saying? Um. Mr. Real Cool. I'm um, just going to say, uh, you know, like. <laughs> the sheer <laughs> little giggle face <laughs> that just came on his Wouldn't face. Wouldn't you like to know who pulled their strings today? And we'll show you before they can, they can kill again. I'm going to go. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's just it's funny. I was, I was like trying to think of like. No. F no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this isn't, you know, we're not that. We're a little more posh. Um, Bugger off. Wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say no, but I want to say like. Um, pause. Is my dad dead? Your dad's been dead for ten years. Cool. Awesome. I'm gonna say. Um, damn you! Back to hell. I'm not following you anywhere. Absolutely love it. So as you. Level your gun against your father. That demented 
crucible that tormented your youth. Once again, for whatever reason, you feel this deeper energy behind your conviction. And the green miasma that had been surrounding you and the part protecting you coalesces up your arm into your revolver, revolver itself. And as you release the bullet, it appears encased in this eldritch energy that... 19 points of damage just for uh, That would have more than done it. It completely nice. blows apart the corpse of your father. And with that, you kind of fall backwards through the shadow, through the portal, and... <gasps> Patrick, you sit up. Jules, he's back. Let me go ahead and change the music. is yours. Are you alright? No, I'm not alright. I'm laying in a... What am I laying in? I'm gonna grab the lapel of his coat and help him get up. Um... Is that the first time that's happened to you? Is that the first time that's happened to you? Jules, I need a moment. Jules, give me uh, either a quick investigation or medicine check. Okay. 11. As he, uh, I need a moment, brings his hands up to his face. Very faint trail of blood from his ear. Okay. <clears throat> These are very diligent note takers. It's not that they're stunned into silence by my masterful storytelling. It's I just that don't want to forget this stuff. <laughs> this is this is a freaking. No, it's all about details Victorian in this campaign. Detail. It's all about the details. Detective work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Pat, are you just sitting on the table? Yeah. So, Jules is kind of next to him, and her hands are on the table, and she's kind of, like, leaning forward, kind of supporting herself on the table, uh, just processing this information. We're probably just going to be like that until Booth comes back. Mm-hmm. Which... Does not take very long. He's back about two minutes later. Here. The door opens up and holding a steaming kettle and a platter shaking with three cups. Um, so I brought I brought the, the Earl Grey. I wasn't certain if a... Oh, good. Mr. Mr. Patrick, you're, you're, you're back with us. Uh, well done, Miss Walker. Uh, exactly what did you do to uh, cease his fits? I haven't seen those since... Uh, my studies at Edinburgh. Chest compressions. Interesting. Never done those to serve bouts of hysteria, but well, there's still much we don't know about the uh, the human body and uh, all the various intricacies of one's anatomy. But uh, oh, goodness me! He takes off his nose clip. Uh, Can't probably enjoy a cup of Earl Grey of the uh, the Queen's vintage without. 
having full olfactory. Oh, that's why I had the clamp on. Now I remember. <laughs> um, so on. Jules is gonna let slide that she clearly asked for coffee, and he did not bring coffee. No, he did not. <laughs> but it's okay because he's awake now, um, and he would probably like some tea. So, um, okay, what had we been discussing with Booth? Before you went into your the thing. The Dietrich's brain. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and now his ears are bleeding, so it would be great. Um, about how long was he out of it? Not very long at all. Okay. Probably probably no more than about two minutes all in all. Okay. Um, Booth, why don't you bring over one of those cups for Mr. Patrick? Yes, yes, quite. Um, I'm just going to uh, set it. He awkwardly looks between like the bloodstained table, the, the desk, Put oh. on the desk. Good, good, good idea. Uh, did you touch my books? Yeah. This what? These were meticulously. Oh, goodness gracious! I leave for two minutes. Sorry. He pours three cups. <clears throat> Mr. Patrick, I'm afraid I don't have any uh, honey or cream, but uh, I do happen to have some sugar that I do keep next to my... Uh... I, I do have some sugar. Carl's just staring kind of... half-haunted, half-like, Does he intense... take... Do you take sugar? No. Just give it to him, as is. Right. Carl, uh, for your... In fact, the... I will probably come and take the tea from him and go in. Okay. Carl, for both for my note keeping and for my and for my. Uh, uh oh, I'm down to seventy three. Seventy three, excellent. Well, not excellent, but thank you. Um. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we're just gonna make sure that we're still recording. Yes, we are. Sorry. I uh, had a weird message on my laptop momentarily there. Um, 73. At this stage, as you are retreating into whatever bastions of logic you still have at your disposal after such a, a harrowing experience. You pull your hands away and you begin to just not zone out, but you're 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 looking beyond what is directly in front of you. Mm -hmm. Unbidden your eyes wander, trying to avoid any kind of stationary subject lest you descend deeper into madness, and as you, your eyes come across over to Dietrich's body, and beyond it, Peter Goldrick's body. Over by Peter, at the juncture of where his body had been malformed, torn asunder. You now see, along the edges of the wound, a faint green energy. 
Oh boy. Okay. Um, so I'm going into, uh, you know, almost like primal analytic mode when I say a booth. Um, or a booth, sorry. Um, the John Doe, the starved victim. We need to know how long he's been starving, and we need to know any uh, physical characteristics and traits that might help us to tie him to any of the missing person reports within the time that he began starving. And I'm going to get up and walk over to Dietrich's body. Dietrich's or Peter's? Peter's body. Um, um, Booth, who is normally quick with a little bit of a biting response in regards to being told how to do his job, does sense that there's something mildly stressful in the air, so he is keeping his smart mouth shut, uh, merely nodding and taking out one of his notepads to begin scrawling. Jules, you watch as... Patrick pointedly makes his way over to Peter Goldrick's body. I will follow. I'm also going to, not necessarily right now, but at some point I will have handed him a handkerchief and pointed to his ear. Just so that he knows, but we don't have to say mm -hmm. anything about it. I'll look at that and give Jules a meaningful look. Meaningful, worried look. Gotcha. Carl. As you stand before the body of Peter Goldrick, with the wisps of energy emanating from the wound, something instinctual and deep calls to you regarding this energy. More information than the mortal coil can surrender is within reach if you just have the muster to reach for it. If you like, you may give me a, for our purposes, we're going to call religion and occult the same. And also, because you are officially a quarter of the way through your sanity, you may add a plus three to any occult rolls. Wow. So you get higher than five. Um, well, that entirely depends on your ruling. Is yeah, that a natural one? That one. Gotcha. <sighs> but I didn't, because I would have been a three. Yeah. This may seem cheap, this may seem cheating, however, for my purposes and for the general rule of cool, I kind of need this one to succeed, so why don't you go ahead and make it with advantage? That'll succeed. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to all of us where we're oh, like, oh, I just shouldn't have had them roll for that. This that, just needs to happen. That happens happen. to me so much. I'm like, why don't you give me this roll? That just made it so much more difficult. Yeah. Climb up the wall. I don't need to give you a athletics check. 
Patrick. As you reach out your hand above the wound of Peter Goldrick, the energy resists your pull momentarily. But you, who have just seen hell, who saw your father die a second time, though there was minor satisfaction in that, <laughs> you insist that it follow your commands. And the energy <laughs> erupts from Peter Goldrick's army. Uh, arm and body army. <laughs> and it becomes no more than a needle-thin line before it <sighs> travels up your arm. Do I see this? You do not. Not with your sanity at where it is. That's yeah. probably the best. Travels up your neck. It is mildly painful, but nothing too poor, until at last <sighs> it enters your eyes. As if you're being pulled through a through a torrent of darkness and air, you feel blasts of sea spray on your face, and you find yourself walking down a cobblestone street in a very familiar area. Except it is much, much later than when you visited. You find yourself in the Prussian Quarter. Far ahead of you, maybe no more than about 20 or so feet, you see the not yet dissected remains of Dietrich, fully clothed, stumbling down the road. You begin to close the distance, closer, and you feel the excitement, anticipation, and hunger. And as you get right behind Dietrich, you pull out a syringe. Hand latches across Dietrich's mouth. The syringe plunges into his neck. There's a moment of <laughs> resistance before relaxing into your strong embrace. With a single arm, you throw Diedrich over your shoulder. Your work here tonight is done. And soon the true work will begin. You begin walking before you hear Diedrich! You turn behind you, and you see, running after you, torchlight lamp, uh, lamp alit, running after you, the intact form of Peter Goldrick. This was not how this was not supposed to go. Taking one body through the streets of London it's challenging enough. There's no room for two. <laughs> A black, mottled green tendril of flesh of shadow erupts from your right hand. 
You grasp onto Peter by the head, rip him towards you. You lift him high up. You begin to walk your way over to where the graveyard of ships is. The lightning stops. One body falls into the shallow docks of one of these discarded ships. The arm, and still part of the torso, hangs in your tendrils as you bring it closer to you. Three hands would work better anyway. And you're back in the morgue. Pat? You, you okay? Did he, like, perceive to, like, go into another vision, or was that... Give me a perception check. Mm, That's a 12? Okay, with a 12. It was not... You would have almost missed it. Uh Uh-huh. Because of how subtle he was. But you were watching him intently Mm -hmm. because of this harrowing experience he just had. Mm Mm-hmm. Might have been a trick of the light, but you could have sworn your blue eyes. Mm-hmm. You could have sworn that the right eye went from a blue to more of a sea foam green. Mm-hmm. With the, also with the twelve, you do see the faintest bead of blood form in the corner of his eye before he wipes it away with mild irritation and his eyes back to blue. What? We need to get out of here. Um, let's go. Yes. Uh, Booth, uh, send us the telegram of your findings. Yes, um, of, of course, uh, Mr. Patrick. Um, do you, I, I do happen to have some Adrenaline, or that's a, uh, you'll be fine. Um, farewell, Miss Walker. Uh, Please come by again some other time. Maybe, maybe in different company. I can talk to you at more length in my theories. Ah, right. Thanks, Booth. (laughs) We'll, We'll see you around. Of course, of course. Farewell. You leave the morgue. At this point in time, it is just past 11. The sun has almost reached its zenith. Um, Jules is going to give Pat a look um, that's basically trying to convey you talk about it when you're ready mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna needle ya um, and then I'm gonna say I need to um, let's see what kind, what kind of shop would, would have some lavender like dried lavender like an herbalist shop like in a, you know just an apothecary type thing some mm-hmm. sort of pharmacy okay do we have um, a place like that that we frequent 
Um, especially with, uh, Patrick often conducting various experiments, I'm certain that an apothecary mm -hmm. is, uh, in your purview. Um, you know of one in the Strand, actually, uh, just off of Soho. Um, we're calling, we're going to call it, uh... Um, I mean, is there any nearby where we are? Oh, in, uh... Near Scotland Yard. Right. Near, near Westminster. Give me a history check. Can I do it with advantage, because I'll ask him? Sure. Okay, great. Because he's going to have to come with me. Ah! That was a nat 1 and a 19, so 18. Excellent. So, um, off of Victoria Station, there is often a, uh, a little... Hubble is not an appropriate term, but it is one of those uh, street slingers of wondrous cure-alls. And while you both know to avoid the actual concoctions, um, the ingredients are surprisingly fresh. Okay. Um, and you do know it as a um, wondrous Mig's uh, elixir cart. And actually around noontime is when the uh, street slingers are at the height of their activity. So if ever there was a time to find Wondrous Mig himself, it would be sooner rather than later. Cool. So I'm going to tell Pat that I want to pop over there real quick. Um, and uh, I just want to buy um, a little pouch of lavender. Great. Um, Miggs, um, is in the middle of a presentation to the gathering public of Victoria Station, uh, talking about the... Is he like a, what would he, what would he call himself, a false apothecary? Well, he wouldn't call himself false, but apothecary, or, like, is he a quack, like... Oh, he's a, he, he himself, he's a total quack, he would not refer to himself. He would call himself a, uh, an entrepreneur of the finer alchemical arts. Um, he does have a, a little urchin, um, who occasionally does... Buy Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. Sure. Um, <laughs> Toby. Do the tricks, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, little Toby, uh, who does work for Migs. Um, who handles the sales while Migs is... Posticulating. Um, um, so can I just go straight to Toby then? Most and, definitely. And just buy some uh, lavender? Yes, for a, for a small satch of... How many doses of lavender are you going for? So this is um, to wear in a pouch around my neck just for the scent. Ah, okay. If that is the case, then a single dose will do, which means that for a single dose of lavender so, from yeah, Migs, like this. Uh, it'll nice. be uh, eight pence. So Ooh, eight copper. Well, it's a... I know, I know. Yeah. Um, okay. Eight copper. Uh, eight pence. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm just gonna get that, and then I'm gonna put it around my neck. Why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and give me an insight check, not for Toby, because it is it is in fact lavender. He did not steer you wrong. I'm just. I know what lavender smells exactly, like. Exactly. Like, yep. Fourteen. Fourteen. Toby's got the hots for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's, this is not Eleonora, okay? No, not everyone Everybody. is falling in love with Eleonora. No one fell in love with Eleonora. Uh, are you kidding me? Everybody Except for Carl. Carl and Shovak, that was it. Uh, Carl Shovak, uh, the blind smith from oh, Rivendell. No, he did smith not fall for Eleonora. She just made out with Elric. him. Elric. I had the hots for him, and then you 
freaking kissed him. Played a song. Ugh. Yep. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> forgot that. Way more people have hit on this character than ever hit on Eleanor. Totally forgot that. And then there's also that Gondorian guard. Um, oh, not Gondorian guard. Uh, Rohirrim guard. Not, not um, to, not to for, let's not forget, um, what's his face? The evil bad guy. Who, you know. Anatar? Yeah. No, Anatar was, was so much more well, Who was the other one? Wasn't there another bad guy who was totally into you? No, no, no there was no, no bad guy into me. Oh. Um, I was a halfling. That's kind of hard to do. <laughs> not if you try hard enough. Oh my gosh, that's not what <laughs> so, I meant. Oh. Oh. Sorry, 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 sorry. I feel sorry. dirty. Okay, let's stop talking back, about previous yeah, campaigns. Exactly. Here we go. Moving back along. Um, with a 14, with your insight, uh, Carl, what... What are you, like, are you exerting physical effort to steal your expressions, or are you, wait? I'm stealing my expressions. Okay. I do want you to go ahead and give me, I don't think a deception check. Uh, I think we're going to, yeah, performance. I think performance. Star. <laughs> I landed on the top of the barrel. It was very sweet. Soren with his beautiful novelty. I love my fun dice. <laughs> a little hard to read at times. A six. Yep. So you're not doing a great job. You think you are, Jules. Patrick's a little. Pat's a little. Yeah. Just a little weight. Is there a particular scent that he is partial to that isn't his aftershave? I mean, that would be a question for him. I love my aftershave. Is there a scent that you're partial to that I would know of? Scent. That I could get you something here. Let's, let's dive deeper into your you. backstory. Let's let's analyze the various scents that sage, call, uh, leather, rosemary. When your father would beat you with a belt. Why are you bringing these horrible things to my father? It's so bad. Um, your addiction had come from somewhere. Well, we both got beat, so. Um, Queen's Victoria, narrow London. Everyone <laughs> got beat. Everyone got beat. Um, and we do not shy away from that truth. I am sorry. You just shied away from it. Don't say sorry. Never apologize for greatness. Come on. I'm not sorry. I'll never apologize. Anyway, uh, sure, we'll say, we'll, say like mint, or, you know, spearmint or something. You know, peppermint. Okay, so I would also like to buy a pouch of mint as he's just sort of standing aloof over there. Not three not going well. Okay, cool. I'm just gonna come over and hand. Uh, a little pouch of mm. mint to you. <sighs> what do you want to do now? Do you want to stick to our plan? Or do you need to do something else? Um, well, our plan was to go look at bookshops and libraries and try to find who this murderer might be, but I do not think anymore that this murderer is just a common literary enthusiast or linguist. Uh, um... So that's that's news. Do you, want, do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yes. 
Yes. Let's get lunch. Excellent. Um, okay. So, uh, as you are in Westminster with the Houses of Parliament um, readily available, readily viewable, you do know that this area, lunch will be a little pricey, but it will be exceptional fare. Or you could go on a brief uh, walk, perhaps to uh, cross the Thames to no. Lambeth. Mm -mm. Here. Here? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Victoria Station. So I guess the final question is street fare or restaurant? Restaurant. Restaurant. All right. Restaurant or pub? Pub. Pub. Excellent. Okay. In Westminster. Hmm. That's ironic. The Three Lords Pub. One of the many public houses in Westminster that uh, cater to both those who sling their wares and those who purchase them, as well as occasionally a uh, brief watering hole for the various lords and elected officials of the House of Commons. But the Three Lords is ironically named, uh, as that it does definitely cater more to the, not lower end, because this is Westminster, mm -hmm. but uh, it's definitely of the, the medium fare. Here you will find, you know, a typical fare of shepherd's pie and uh, beef stew and various different cheese and bread, um, occasional fruit. But uh, if you're looking for something more nutritional or something with a little more panache, this is not the abode. Okay. Um, and I will get whatever the house special is for lunch. Excellent. And a pint. And, um... I definitely want whatever fruit they have. Okay. Um, they do have some uh, apples okay. that are starting to be perfectly in season. Great. Um, there's a little private orchard that is run in in uh, in Hyde Park. Very nice. Um, that uh, they do have a not an exclusive agreement, mind you, but a fair agreement with the owners of that little uh, establishment. As the anything else besides the fruit. Yeah, and then I'll have like some bread and cheese and like just some chicken, probably. Great. Okay, fantastic. I'll, I'll pay for lunch. Okay, um, that's only going to set you back. Uh, we'll call it a shilling and a pence. Um, oh wait, any any alcohol for you? No. Okay, uh, straight shilling. Ooh. My pence goes back. Yep. No, I after what just happened, I want my wits about me. Excellent. Um, the uh, fare served to you by a uh, not a. A more clean-looking uh, young woman. She appears younger than you. Um, perhaps the the daughter of the proprietor. It's not the first time you've been in the Three Lords, but you've never spent uh, oodles amount of time here. As mm -hmm. uh, typically, Westminster is strictly for either visit to Parliament or visit to Scotland Yard. Not typical up and down the streets. Uh, especially as your clientele that hails from here normally requires a tad bit more discretion. Mm -hmm. Um, but as the young uh, brunette with uh, freckles and just the hint of smudge of ash upon her nose uh, brings you your your fare, um, she puts the apple in front of you and with the with the cheese and the bread and it's not the best looking apple. And as you kind of eye it for a moment and eye her, um, she goes, 
I'm sorry, um, we're supposed to get a, a new bushel uh, in the next couple of days, but um, apparently they are seasons ending early or something. My dad's saying that, you know, those, he used the word shysters a lot, but I, I think that they're honestly just trying their best. But anyway, I can get you something else besides besides the apples. Um, I do have I do have a couple heads of um, radishes, perhaps. Um, it's almost like an apple. It's fine. Right. Sorry. I'm not too picky about fruit. It's fruit. True enough. True enough. Have you ever had grapes? Um, a couple times. They're magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. I almost had a lord offer me some grapes, but he said I would have to go into the carriage with him. My dad told me never to do that, so I didn't. Um. I'm. My face is gonna get really, really dark. Um, and I'm going to lean closer to her. I'm going to say, never go anywhere with a man that you do not know. And never be with a man by yourself until you haven't exchanged a vow with him. That doesn't include my dad, right? Right. Excellent. All right. Right. Um, thank you. Um, I'll keep that to art. Um, enjoy your meal. Uh. Sir, if I see that glass empty, would you like me to refill it? Yes. Right. Oh, well. Uh, thank you for uh, being patrons of the three lords, and uh, God save the queen. God save the queen. Save the queen. Miss <laughs> Walker. I'm going to plot the handkerchief with the blood in my ear, and I say... I may have underestimated the um, your episode on Kensington Street. Please, will you tell me again the details of your experience? Um. Ooh, you okay? Okay. okay, so I will go through every vision I've had in mm -hmm. great detail with him. Um, I'm not going to rehash it all no, now. No, of course. Yep. Um, Patrick, are there any details in specific, uh, specifically that you are mining for? Um, um it is hard for me to describe in great detail some of the stuff with Sir Arnold, but I do. The sanity part. Yes. Because you did lose sanity from one of your visions. For a couple of them, yes. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I definitely want to hit on that. Um, that feeling of... Losing your grip. Losing your grip, and that's going to be the connecting part of because her I visions are completely different yep. than what I, I don't think I've lost sanity from every vision and I Not lost no, and no. I lost sanity when you wouldn't answer my questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so. you lost sanity from uh one of the first I ones. no, the last one I lost sanity one. because I didn't pull away. out away first. Gee. But there was there was Something. A, I thought there was another one that you lost sanity early on. Um let's see. So there uh, I think the she lost a little bit of sanity from uh I think uh, when I broke Jimmy's arm. Like right, 
them. Right, yeah. yeah. During that. But the first one, I don't think I lost. No, no you did not lose any during the first one. Um, Carl, I do want you to give me either an intelligence check or a... Either an intelligence or a insight. Uh, definitely insight. Be good to me. Uh, you are good to me. Twenty-one. You are able to discern the connection. Nice. Because um, while I understand exactly what you were doing, Will, and I love the line of thinking, uh, we're going to say that you, as the player, are a tad bit smarter about the whole general plot than yeah. Patrick is. Um, I'm also going to then tell Pat about when I grabbed his hand and what I saw mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. um, once you've told me that, I'm going to have a long... And then I will probably start to apologize profusely about having not joined, but I... I wasn't oh. sure. Oh, you're you're going to tell him that you were offered a choice? Yeah. Okay. I tell Pat every... Well, so I, this actually we should probably that, talk that, about. That, yeah, that's something that we should not gloss over. Um, and, I, and I say something like, you know... <laughs> well, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I should probably tell him about that too. Okay. So uh, hold on to that nugget. We'll say you talk about all your visions. Yep. And then, Carl, you were about to... I was about to say... Yeah, sorry. Also, I should probably let you tell me about your visions. Thank you. <laughs> was that what it was that what you were gonna do? Um, yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I was just now like. That, now that that thunder has been stolen, <laughs> I, I, I tell her about my visions. <laughs> I'm and, sorry. Uh, we solve the murder, the murder. and uh, and have a great job. Yeah. Go, go home, guys. <laughs> That's fun. No. Um, <laughs> and campaign over. Campaign over. Campaign that was over. awesome. That was so good. Fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, it was fun. Yeah. I hated it. It was wonderful. Until you remember, how about we go ahead and role play this interaction? Go ahead. Oh, that wasn't what you were trying it to remember? It was. Okay. It was, yeah. I'm sorry. So, um, I'm going to say, I, uh, your visions all seem to be uh, darker memories return to you at um, inappropriate times. I had one like that. Uh, it was my father and he was being unkind. And the other ones that I've had are more grotesque and Grotesque how? Uh, the dead walking and uh, attacking me, trying to slash at me, and, and darkened alleyway, uh, roadways, and an overcoming sense of dread and fear. Um, well, I suppose that's a bit like the one I had in the interrogation. It turned into that a bit. Yes. Um, this last one in the morgue uh, was more along the lines of the same one that happened over Petrick, uh, Peter's uh, body in the Thames uh, where 
dead dead things are alive and attacking and hurting me and, and that same feeling of losing control that you've experienced uh, weighed down upon me. It was terrible. Absolutely awful seeing my remains and your remains and my father and, and even Big Mouth. I don't know why he would be in that. But he was attacking me. I was foul and rotting dead things. They were attacking you? Yes. Did it hurt? I uh, very much so, and um, and and I was given a, a stra- I don't. It was. You're given what? Well, they offered a terrible choice. I would have. What kind I, of choice? Well, they were trying to kill me. It wasn't. It wasn't a real choice. It was a false. It's it's the devil's kind of bargain, right? Where it says, "I'll grant you, uh, cast yourself from the highest what tower the and prove yourself." It, it to, they would have led me deeper, and revealed who it was that was pulling their strings. I I would have known who the murderer is the one who's carving the the messages into their flat into the flesh of these and you think victims they, you think they were telling the truth i think it would have i would have gone mad but pat um i should tell you I, I i did sort of see one more thing um when you went first started to um being, I don't know, what, what are we going to call these visions? Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't call them visions. That seems too holy. Uh, this is something terrible. Well, whatever it is. Um, these horrors. I, I wanted to try to wake you up. So I, uh, I took your hand. Um... And then I saw, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, um, it was like we were underwater, and you were there, I was there, and there was something big. I couldn't really even see what it was, but it was dark, and it was in the water, and anyways, it had a tendril reaching out from its mass and it was attached to you describe this tendril um you perceived it as a core of solid shadow surrounded by smoke that 
compelled to form around this core. To give you a better mental image, as my own descriptive powers appear to be failing me at the moment, think of the Mind Flayer mm -hmm. from Stranger Things. Okay. Second season. Funny thing is, that is what I was picturing, but I didn't know how accurate that was. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll describe that, um, and then I'll say. And then one came out towards me, and uh, it gave me a choice, not in words, but I knew that if I reached out and let it touch me, I would join you. And wherever you were, um, but it didn't. Uh, Jules immediately feels immense relief at that, um, uh, and she'll even hang her head and exhale a little bit when he says that. And she's like, "I, uh, I wasn't sure what the right choice to make was. Um, I'm relieved to hear you say that. I, I felt in that moment that perhaps trying to wake you up from the outside might." be the better of the two options and that seems to have worked out anyway Pat you know you know I'd do anything for you right of course I know that so seems that um sadistic tempting choices are part of um this thing's what was the phrase M.O. And I'm sorry again about, I'm sorry about Mrs. Britton and everything that happened with the inspector. I just, oh, I'm, there's a lot going on right now and I've, there is a lot going on. I can't remember all the things. Mrs. Britton. Oh, right. That's tonight. Oh, okay. So. I want to do. See, I, I want to see if I can. Connection? I want no. I don't want to make a connection. Um, maybe make a connection. I've seen her ring symbol before. Yes, you have. I want to see if I can remember or somehow pull that together. Actually, this probably isn't going to come up right now. But I'm going to while he's rolling that, I want to roll something as well. Mister C's attire. Yes. And the buttons and everything. Buttons, yes. Buttons and... Um, that was pretty specific. Yes. I wanted to roll a history and I'll find some other time to bring this up probably. Oh, fantastic. You can both go ahead and roll history. Um, to see if anyone ever visited the courtesan wearing Onyx buttons. Yeah. Anything like that. History I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. He's either really garbage. happy or really angry. Piece of garbage. I'm going to go on a limb and say that he's unhappy with that role. I got a 17. You got a 17? Yeah. Well, uh, you will experience minor annoyance, but probably also some relief. You do not ever recall any customers with Onyx buttons. Okay, great. Patrick, what was the role? <laughs> the worst. Was that Natty 1 again? Yes. You think... No, I'm joking. Um, I will tell you. I will tell you this. You know that sitting where you are, eating lunch, 
you have no way of remembering. You would need to go parsing through some old case notes. Right, okay. Back at 17. Yes, buddy. Stupid dice. Um. I will also say that with the natural one, it ups the difficulty just to two more. Of course. That's fine. Pat. Do you think we can still go visit the prison? (laughs) His head immediately sinks (laughs) into his forearm onto the table. If you aren't up to it, I get it. It's... Dr. Thomas just indicated he oh, only yes, had a few yes, days before they'd yeah, be coming. Of course, of course. Um, right. Okay. How far is the prison? Oh, is that what you're looking at? Because <laughs> that also makes a difference, doesn't, doesn't it? How far is the prison? So, uh, that makes a difference. The too. Crumlin Road Gowl. What a name! I know, right? Crumlin Road Gowl? Gowl. G-A-O-L. G-O. G-A-O-L. Unless I completely got it wrong just now. Which, let's face it, is entirely possible. That's alright, that's what we're calling it. Um, um, G-A-O-L. Gowl. That, if that, if that isn't a Dickens name. The Crumlin Road Gowl. The Crumlin Road Gowl. Right, where'd you go? I was in the Crumlin Road Gowl. Please make that your next character. <laughs> oh, you know it. Um, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm one of the rooks. I was in the Crumlin <laughs> Road Gowl for 14 years. <laughs> we friends Patrick with put me in there. Cream McGucket. <laughs> oh, man, Cream Uh That's going to be in Wandsworth. Uh, near Wandsworth? The Wandsworth near the Clapham Junction. So in London. In London. Uh, but it is a... It's going to be on the other side of the Thames. Um, and uh, it may behoove y'all to just go ahead and take the train. Okay. Which is significantly cheaper than carriages. Yeah. Only problem is that they're, you know, rather limited... In their destinations, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know that the next train, as it is a little after eleven forty, by the time you've gone the lavender and sat down in the three lords, you do know that the uh, the next train uh, leaves at uh, twelve fifteen, because you know you guys know the train schedule, um, and that will be from. Sorry, checking my little... That will be from... Westminster Station. Victoria to Westminster Station. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Or, no, yeah, you guys are right at Victoria Victoria Station. Station. Yeah, so so you guys can take the next half hour, uh, 20 20 some odd minutes to, you know, finish eating, maybe have another pint, and uh, it'll be uh, three pence each. Um, You put it in your way? Yeah, I can pay my way. Um, so you board the train. Yeah. Um, if there's anything that I could be, uh, you know, taking notes on at the time, I'm just drawing that star with the eye in the middle a couple times, and just and and I'm actually I'm actually writing like 
is this a symbol I would recognize? Like, is this a case he worked since I've been with him in the past five years? Go ahead and give me a history check. Okay. I'm drawing the symbol, and then I'm writing, you know, questions like... Natural 20. Oh, dang. Minus one, so in 19. freaking incredible. Writing questions <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish you could see the look on the DM's face. Group, like, group hypnosis, question mark. <laughs> uh, you know, drugs, as all you stuff. look right. over Carl's shoulder as he's obsessively <laughs> scrawling in his little handheld journal. You see the symbol that he's drawing uh-huh. over and over. over and over again. Wasn't that symbol like on the cover of the Baron's manuscript that you asked Father Monahan <laughs> to translate? <laughs> um, isn't that the symbol that's on the manuscript that we gave Father Monahan? The express. This is why you should play with actors because they just go all in, and the expressions on Carl Patrick's face right now are Fabulous. delicious. Okay. Oh, and did I see this? No, I didn't see this symbol. No, on Mrs. Britton. No, I did not have good. You did not pay attention to the to the wax seal because that is not what you do. Nope, that's not what I do. Uh. Oh, I don't like that. I'm just making sure I have the. Um, so this 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 was the this was the manuscript that I had first that um. That Butterfingers and Spiker told me that Father Monaghan was still, still working, working, the, on. working right. on the manuscript. That Father Monaghan later told you himself, it is a long, yes. weird trough. So he's having a little bit of difficulty with it, but he expects it'll be probably like within the month. They'll have it finished up for you. Six weeks at the most. And it was a manuscript belonging to the long-departed Baron Frederick. He retrieved it from Sussex. So you may simply call it the Sussex Manuscript. (laughs) It's really funny to note how big my handwriting is on this page compared to later. (laughs) Well, one thing, as as was said earlier, the 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 mo of this campaign is intricate details. Right. So. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna run out of space if I uh, don't. Right. Quick. My handwriting. Run out right um, quick. The Sussex manuscript. That's only slightly unhelpful because I still don't know what that is. But it's a little more helpful that I don't know what it is. So I'm not going completely insane yet. He said at 73 sanity. (laughs) (laughs) What on earth does that manuscript have to do with Miss Britain? What on earth is Mrs. Britain? What? It has something to do with Mrs. Britain. Her ring, the ring that she used to seal the contract. I just don't know how you pay attention to things like that. That is because you do not see. 
Well, I'm trying. You see what you do not observe. That is the problem. How many steps are there from your room up to, from mine? Not enough to wind me. Twelve. And the third one squeaks. Yeah, well, I knew that. I jumped that one. I mean... <laughs> oh, I love you guys. <laughs> I'm going to hit pause real quick because yeah. I need a refill of some water. Mm -hmm. Guys, I really hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. And we're back, having hydrated and made some comfort food. <laughs> Where we had just previously left off was Jules had pointed out the connection between the Sussex manuscript and, apparently, Miss Britton's signet ring. You are on the train, headed to the... Crumlin <laughs> Road Gowl. The Gumblin, yes, the Cumberland Road Gowl. Crumlin. Crumlin Road Gowl. <laughs> yes. Take it away. I mean, unless there's no more conversation to be had, in which case then you guys can... I ride. mean, we kind of got... So I think we're good to just get to the mm -hmm. prison Sounds now. Sounds good. Uh, upon arriving in Clapham, uh, and then making your way, you know, to Wandsworth... Uh, it does not take long at all before you find yourself at the gowl, because I'm not going to call it the Crumbling Road Gowl, <laughs> so I'm just going to keep tongue-tying over that. And uh, you do see a couple of, uh, you know, bobbies just patrolling the, the, the steel cast iron barred, uh, <laughs> steel cast iron barred, the iron barred gates uh, leading to the uh, the common area. Um, you seem to be patrolling just back and forth, and they see you approach. Um, and one of them starts to walk forward and hold out his hand, and the other one just immediately grabs onto his arm. Mr. Patrick? Miss Walker? Johnson. Right. Um, by the way, uh, thank you again for the uh, recommendation uh, for little uh, Billy's uh, nepotism. Oof. Not nepotism. <laughs> Not nepotism. <laughs> It wasn't nepotism. <laughs> Rheumatism. Johnson, sorry, have we met him before? You have not. Nope. Um, just off, uh, just yep. Constable Johnson. Constable Eustace Johnson. Um, and uh, just right. Um, follow me then. And he leads you through the gate. Uh, he nods to a gentleman in front of a large book who immediately recognizes the two of you. Scrolls down the time. Um. Oh, before we, uh, who are we visiting today? Mr. Peabody. Oh. Well, you should take a bath after. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, Peabody! I, oh, him? I don't like him. He gives me the creeps. For good reason. Um, he shows you down various different hallways. Uh, with simple holding cells, and uh, you do hear some raucous noises out in the courtyard. Is there appears to be a uh, a minor boxing? Oh nope, that's a shank. Uh, never mind, <laughs> not a boxing match, just a bit of a tussle. And uh, you see Johnson go. Oh, Dad, I'd better go take care of that. Of course. Uh, so uh, third hallway, yep. fourth one on the left. Don't. He's got a surprisingly long reach. Mm-hmm. Just... Yep. Right. Ah, 
But uh, just uh, make sure you check in on the way out, and uh, I'll uh, try to catch up with you later if I can. Of course. Always a pleasure. I can put that down! Runs out. Call the directions. As you turn the hallway, turn the corner, you hear just. Is this someone humming? Singing Ave Maria. Ave Maria. An excellent uh, song. I'm afraid you might be needing some Hail Marys and Our Fathers. Peabody. Turning away from the small window of his cell, wearing a grimy, heavily stained cotton white shirt with uh, simple black trousers. Neely begins to try and wipe his excessively greasy hair to the side in the semblance, perverted semblance, of a combed and coiffed appearance. The lanky form of Peabody with surprisingly little amount of scruff about his chin. And he just kind of wraps his hands around the bars and it's almost as if his face could almost squeeze between it, but not quite. Ah. Mr. Patrick. Hello, darling. That's not my name. Oh, but we both know that's not exactly true. Hey, buddy, you're looking well. Oh. Stop it, Mr. Patrick. You're gonna make me fall in love with talk like that. You've, you've done very well here. In the, uh, Bell. He leans back and he just begins to look at his artistic renditions mm -hmm. of the London skyline. Well, when you're deprived of the typical beauty that you've grown accustomed to, you learn to look within. Ugh. Now, Peabody, <clears throat> I seem to remember that part of... He licked his teeth at Jules. That's what you missed. That's why I made that noise. Ugh. Part of the arrangement to allow you to have your own cell and access to supplies and visitors and a lenient punishment was twofold. One being that you would... Uh, give us names and become an informant for us, which we would be able to make sure that your your name stayed out of certain reports. Oh, cool. And um, the other part was that you would uh, turn over a new leaf, that you weren't going to engage in racketeering and the, and the like that you were uh, engaged with previously. Now, before you uh, before right. you 
put that forked tongue back out your mouth and lick your disgusting lips one more time before you lie to us. I have a bit of a piece of information to tell you. Now that you've broken your end of the agreement, there's very little holding us from from stopping you ending up in solitary confinement for quite a while. And then when you come out having some roommates who just might happen to know that it was you who put them in here in the first place. Now, your men are racketeering and, and strongholding and strong-arming some of the London populace. You're going to call them off. Make an intimidation check, Mr. Patrick. You learned your lesson yet? Find out. Oh my gosh. Not very good. It's only a five. Oh my gosh. A hurt expression comes over Mr. Peabody's face. And he just kind of folds it on himself. His shoulders hunch. His lower lip coming out just to pout. His eyebrows furrowed up in concern. What? Mr. Patrick, you wound me, sir. I have been nothing but a model prisoner. And when I say I've turned over a new leaf, you must believe me from the bottom of my heart. Why would I believe you about anything? You have no honor, and you've never kept your word once. Jules, that was the old me. I've seen the light. Good God. I once was lost, but now I am found. Oh, sure. So now you was blind. You found God in a gaol. Good for you. Well, isn't that the case with all of the downtrodden, Mr. Patrick? Don't we find God in the lowest of times? Isn't that when he's the most needed? Hate the sin, not the sinner. No. I'll hate you. I forgive you. I'm gonna grab his shirt collar. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to separate this if I can. I guess give me a dex contest. <laughs> I'm gonna fail that. Yep, fail that. I mean, eight plus whatever, you know, dex is gonna be a. Oh, I rolled 11. poorly. Oh, I rolled poorly. 11. Uh, yeah, I rolled real poorly. Um, I mean, I don't like to touch people. Right. So I'm pretty easy to divert. So you you lunge forward to grab him. And but I, Pat is able to easily deflect me. Oh. You forgive me. Yes. For hating someone who was simply being coerced by those with more power and influence than he. 
I've done some horrible things, and I am paying for it, right here. Well, personally, I think I'm grateful for the experience. It just made me a better man. Nothing could make you a better man. Well, good. I'm glad it's, this experience is making you a better man, and uh, perhaps we can. Because of course, perhaps we can elongate this experience. That would mean that you're a man at all, and not a worm. Now, Peabody, your men are engaging in racketeering in your name. What contact have you had with them, and what contact are you, and what orders are you giving to them from oh, your cell? Gosh, Mr. Patrick, these are very trying questions that you're asking me. I'm feeling a little cramped in here, if I'm being entirely honest. I'd probably have a better memory if I had a bigger cell. Maybe a little bit more privileges in the uh, area, minus others. Hmm. Perhaps you can arrange for a, a private cell for him. Bigger. Bigger. One that would not allow any visitors, right? That no windows. That's nicer. Oh. Might be nice. That way he doesn't have the distractions of, of all that to help him become more pious and, and enjoy the experience more. Mm. Give me another intimidation check with assistance. Do you want me you to can make either it? Each what's, roll. what's your intimidation? Plus three. Let me make it. We'll, we'll each roll. Twenty-two. Dirty twenty. Ooh, Sorry. Ooh dang. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me First one was a natural twenty. This one was not. <laughs> you see, um, as he's listening to the two of you, you see him go from the confident smarm to a little, yeah. little more squirrely, a little more nervous, and, and he goes, no. <laughs> I really wouldn't recommend that because... Uh, you're not in a position to bargain Peabody. here. No one... If you're not... If looking out for your own interests isn't, isn't enough, let me remind you. You put me through god-awful hours fed me bad food, put me through shame, humiliation, and to deal with dozens of disgusting clients with their rotten breath and coarse fingers. But you know, I think the worst thing were the screams I'd hear when that hack of a doctor would come to pay one of the girls a visit. That butcher tore them up aborting those babies. You know, none of those girls will ever bear children again. If you don't do this for your own selfish interest, do it for me. Do it for those women. Your persuasion with advantage. Twenty-two. 
22. You see Peabody. Look affected by your words. He just kind of shrinks back from the wall for a little bit. He looks at his artwork. He comes back forward and he goes, I was told that my sentence would be less if I put the muscle on those who are making life easier for the underclass. The good doctor falls into that category. If I stop, what guarantee do I have that I just won't get forgotten in here? Jules will look over at Pat because he knows legal system and all this much better than she does. He'll say, nobody could ever forget you, Petrie. Sorry. Was it? Pearson. <laughs> oh. No, it was... Oh. Oh. And then I'm going to say, <clears throat> emotional <laughs> damage! Oh my god. Gosh. I'm going to say, so, a lord, someone is uh, making it so that you are making life difficult for those who make life easy. Who? Interesting. Tell us who, and we'll make sure you're not forgotten. Not given any names. I mean, I would. I'm literally not given the name. But the servant that he sends... Well, she reminds me of the good days. She? Yeah. She's got this air about her. It was almost like I was running the court of them again. She was incredible. Very persuasive. I don't know her name either, but I can describe her pretty well. Actually, I can do you one better. And you see him nice. go over to his artwork. Good guy. And he looks at it. Kisses the artwork mm -hmm. as he takes it uh, down. Jules throws up in her mouth a little bit. Yeah. And he goes, it's okay. I've got a different one that I keep under the bed. Great. Um... This, um, look, if I'm the only one that he has putting the muscle on, he's going to know that I talked. So, just please be cautious. And tell you what, tell you what, make it organic, right? I'll, I'll tell my mum boys to still go visit the doctor, but to be scared off easy. Right? 
that way it looks like I'm doing my work but you know Miss Walker I I notice that the rations and, and things here could do with a bit of up, up, no upgrading I think it might be kind of nice for for some of the the uh, inmates here to have a little higher quality food it has nothing to do with you of course but or what you've done for us but give me a persuasion check <clears throat> just nat 20 <gasps> beautiful time All right, um, I'll send one, just one of my boys, and all you got to do is glare at them, and they won't go to the doctor ever again. When? When will they be there? What's today? It is the 23rd still. Saturday, September 23rd. Tuesday. Tuesday, right after lunch. That's when my boys make the rounds. That is when... Sorry, Tuesday when? Right after lunch. Right after, right after lunch. lunch. I don't have it. You don't have what? I don't have when the, the payment's due. For, for who? For the doctor. The doctor had said three days, but he'd also said give or take. So this is when it is. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, he he's telling us that this because that was what we didn't know was for sure when the people would be coming back. So now we do. Okay. So the twenty sixth. You just got you just got to glare at him once. I swear. <clears throat> Listen. If you find a. See if you can't get her in the cell next to mine. I don't think I'd do that to any woman. So hurtful to you. So hurtful. Can you blame me? No. I found God, remember? I don't blame anyone but myself now. You need someone's help, so I suppose it might as well be God's. How about Christian of you? Is that gonna be it, Ben? I think so. Alright. I have to have a delightful equinox, and um, we'll see about getting some better food here. did notice there's some uh, assorted the fish fish yeah, it's gone around fish yeah. yes the fish sea life it's uh, <clears throat> I've been a hankering for Malik Malik is most of England at this moment yeah. we'll see what we can do Help you, buddy. Look at you. Turned over a new leaf, like I said. 
as you turn around to leave. We'll just get both of you one more time. And he kind of retreats further back into the cell. The cell. <laughs> and goes. We did have fun, though, didn't we, darling? You. You had fun. Never me. Yeah. I'll be fair to remember you tonight, then. Gross. Let's find some way to chuck at him. I so, won't. So we got the portrait of the servant. Yes. So. Um, I'm going to walk up to the cell. Oh, okay. He does not approach the bars. Insight check. Okay. Oh, this new leaf crap. I want to see how much he actually is feeling it. Fifteen. Peabody always has and always will be concerned about one and one thing alone, himself. I'm gonna spit. His face or on the ground? At his face. Give me a dex attack with proficiency. Oh, okay. I mean, after that comedy just made, I have to do something. Mm -hmm. A dex attack with a proficiency? Mm -hmm. proficiency. <laughs> no, it just hits the ground. It's just fine. Did you roll a natural no, one? No, it's a two. Plus... Um, Some dex modifier plus proficiency? So an eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Keep my wife's Because if it's just a dex check, I have three, and then my proficiency is okay, three. Okay, so, so it six. hits the ground in front of him. And you expect, like, disgust or annoyance. So what you don't expect is he immediately falls to his knees and licks it off the ground. You know, Jules wasn't expecting that, but I kind of was. <sighs> okay. Um... You let him go. I'm just gonna glare at him, and then I'm just gonna go. I can't get anywhere with the son of a. Nope. I probably will call him at least a bastard before I leave. Bastard. <laughs> just leave. Alright. Servant looks like. Ah! So, as it is black and white, because you know he doesn't have colored paints and whatnot. It's a little bit hard to ascertain. But the very first thing that you would notice is that if the features are at all accurate, this woman is not of British descent. She appears to be perhaps Indian. Though she does appear to be dressed in uh, very high fashion of British upper class. Her hair is done up um, one of the distinct markers is a piercing from her ear to her nose. Meaning what? She's got a chain. 
Oh, chain. Okay. Yeah. I was like, sorry. I did the, I did the, I did the, I did the motion, but you, you were. I was looking down. So, and it's best I describe it anyway. Um. Dark eyes. Um. Darker skin than, not, and uh. Very high end dress. Um. Cool. Uh, on the way out. Curvaceous. Curvaceous. Say undress. Did you say undress like she's not wearing a lot? No, she's wearing a nice dress. No. Oh. I don't, I don't know what I would have said that. I thought you said uh, like a state of undress. I thought is what you no, said. No, no. Um, I, I don't know what I said that would have. I don't know, but I was writing something else. Gotcha. So it's yeah, no, no, no. Ah, high thinking, end, you're high end. You're just dress. thinking about, you know, Peabody. 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 Ugh! He's the worst. Yeah. Well, it's possible that he just would have painted her that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you probably did. And the one under his bed. Which guy, though? He's thinking about you tonight. Why'd you have to remind me of that? Because I already I heard it just once. love your reactions. I already heard it once. And, and being a creep is just... <clears throat> too much fun? Too much fun. Like, he's disgusting. He is the worst of the worst. Yes, he absolutely mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, on the so. way out, uh, we'll stop by Constable Johnson. Mm-hmm. And uh, say, um, is there a way... And you pull out five pounds and say that uh, we could get this to the <clears throat> the warden to help uh, uh, just get some bit of rations for some of the inmates here. These, these men look like they need some something to celebrate. It's a bit of a back scratch situation. Of course. Um, I assume one of these pounds, though, is going to be a contribution to the uh, constabulatory's new teapot, as it were. Of course. Excellent. Not all for them. Good. Well, uh, hopefully it was a productive visit, as it does appear to have been quite costly. It was a costly visit, but it was productive. Excellent. Well, um, still keeping them separate then. Yes. Very well. God, I want to kick his teeth in. Oh, well, if he ever gives you any reason to. I'll trust. This is the thing, though. The, the blimey bastard's really smart about that kind of thing. He knows just what not to say. Trust me. If anyone. She's just going to walk away. Miss Jones, you didn't finish your. Sentence. No, she didn't. Um, probably best that she didn't. Mm. Hey, uh, her earrings coming up soon, ain't it? Yeah, week and a half. Oh, well, uh, just know that the boys here in uh, Clapham are rooting for Miss Jules. Thank you. I'm just writing Peabody is the worst in my notes. Great. So, um, sweet. That was super helpful. But yeah, I was like, if I'm gonna pay for getting better food for the gonna prison, go deep. prison, it needs to mean something. Yep. <clears throat> oh, that definitely that definitely meant something. And it might, you know, help us <clears throat> with more stuff later. Yep. 
Um, you can only threaten so far if you don't. So we get. Um, you get good stuff on the other side. We get a certain amount away. Um, if we get to a point where there is a bush or something, yeah, I'm just gonna full on vomit. Yeah, you you find you find a nice little collection of various cans and such in an alley that you're just able to duck behind real quick. And it's just as Jules is uh, puking. Um, that lovely lunch from the pub. Um, as she has done it so many times in the past five years, she just wonders at the constitution she had all those years at the courtesan to get through everything. Mm-hmm. And how her... You know, ability to touch and be touched and uh, be around some of these people from her past has just, you know, she's so crippled. What were the things that she was able to deal with um, because they were so constant now have become such triggers for her um, and kind of a weakness. And it's just a challenge. Mm. Um, But uh, she's proud of herself for having made it through the confrontation and gotten this far away before mm-hmm. um, It is around 1 o'clock now. Uh, your midnight seance is the only yeah, pressing matter that I know of. Let's go back home oh. and rest and prepare. And um, if you want to come with me, that would probably be good, but we should probably stop by Dr. Thomas's and tell him yeah. the plan. But that's, is that, se- that's semi on the way, right? He isn't, He's no? He's the way, other way. Other way. Oh, I, th- I thought he wasn't You are that southwest Soho. Then never mind. I'll Shoreditch. tell him a different day. Mm-hmm. I'll tell him a different day. Okay. I can tell him tomorrow. Is it Tuesday? You could also just, it's you Saturday. could also send a, send a runner. We also, we Although, we got little kids over there. Oh, yeah, we'll send one of old Jacks. We could send it through the Jacks network. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. So when we get back to Shaftesbury, 17 Mm -hmm. Shaftesbury... um, You still see... um, uh, Spiker and Butterfingers. Yeah, Butterfingers is still at his shoeshine station. Said it right that time. Um, And this time, Spiker's literally just kind of sitting next to it. Her her legs are splayed, and she just has her her hands... Spiker, where'd she go? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna... um, Spica. Um, I'm going to give her the address of uh, Sir Thomas, and I'm going to give her a brief message about um, we're handling it. The people are going to come on Tuesday, and we or someone will be there to scare them off, and then they shouldn't be bothering you again. Um, and I'll tell her that uh, if she's quick in delivering the message um, when she comes back to tell me how it went, they'll be, um, well, let's see, when does old Alice pass by us? Uh, you know his route. His schedule is not as Okay, well, clock. I won't promise a jelly deal then, but I'll say that there'll be something in it for her. All right. Um, she looks at you. Kind of tilts her head, first inquisitively, her eyes narrow a little bit. She nods resolutely. She stands up, smacks her thighs um, of any clearing dust, rolls up her sleeves, holds out her hand for 
whatever you yeah. or is it word of mouth no no no, no. I'll, okay, I'll write okay. it down and she tucks it into her cap she looks up and she goes it's appropriately vague but enough to mm-hmm. uh hopefully give him a little bit of peace of mind but like if it was intercepted it wouldn't be explicit enough to um she holds out her hand mm-hmm. she goes ask me how that um, okay. So, I mean, I was thinking something edible. Uh, do we... Should we have happening? Right. So, uh, do we have any sweets or anything in the kitchen that I could give her? And this is person. I mean, this person would have been working on stuff. Exactly. Um, you do remember that, um... Oh, we need the... The blueberry scones. scones. Yes! Yep. I'll, I'll give her a scone. Okay, great. Um, so you run into Seventeen Shaftesbury. Um, as you are running to the kitchen, in a, one of the glass containers are the remaining scones. There's still three left. Great. Uh, you grab one, um, and uh, as you are exiting, you do see uh, Miss Pearson is tying on a, a bonnet and getting a little basket ready, and she looks like she's about to head out herself she goes oh jules um what uh uh hungry uh it's for someone else oh right um well i uh, just realized that i'm still short on a couple of ingredients for um tomorrow's dinner sunday dinner and all i i do remember that uh lord shaftesbury said that mr patrick uh does like to kind of make it a special fair on Sunday evenings, so I want to make sure that I have nothing too spicy for him. <laughs> um, do you do you have to know if he has any preference between uh, turkey or N? Uh, definitely N. Right. Well, that shouldn't be too hard. Uh, a little easier on the uh, coin purse as well. Um, after you. Oh, thanks, Anne. Um, so I'll go out. And follows out behind, and she watches as you skitter across the street to where Patrick and two children are. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a perception check. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Weird hiccup. Oh, very nice. 18. You see that Miss Pearson has started to walk down the street, and then she just kind of stopped and she looked back, and she's now just plain watching this interaction from across the street. Okay. So do you still give Spiker the note? And the scone? Or you already gave her the note? Do you I give Spiker the, the scone? Yeah. Okay. Scone. She has like a third of it left and she walks over to Butterfingers. Holds it out. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. And Butterfingers is like, you sure? Just Thanks, Spiker. Mmm, this is so good! Mmm! That's really good! I know, that's why I gave you some. Sorry, sorry, wait, wait. Um, alright, so I'm, I'm gonna say you, you know, stick with the back roads, right? Yeah. Right. If you're not back in two hours, I'm going after you, and then you're in big trouble. I know, I know. Bye, Jules. Bye. Thank you. Carl. Just now? Nope. Different one. 
different Spiker, oh. Spiker and Lu uh, Lucy Lamb are two different oh. little girls. Spiker had something on. Oh. Yep. Spiker. Spiker's the one that <clears throat> tried to pickpocket you. That's right. Yep. Um, she scampers off, and uh, you see Miss Pearson just look back at as the little girl vanishes down one of the alleys and looks back at you. And at this point in time, if you look back, mm -hmm. she's. Not my business. Not my business. Speaking of business, how's business, Butterfingers? Oh, right. Um, so, not a whole lot, if I'm being completely honest, uh, Mr. Patrick. Um, you know, you had the typical... That maid, she went in and out about three different times. Like, it's it's crazy. I, I, don't, I don't know what... She also came out with, like, all your stuff in the pantry at one point. And then she went back in. She came out with a new carpet, went back in. It was crazy. I, I didn't, I didn't know what she she's, was. She's changing her sleeping arrangement. Uh, yeah. Well, after she left, uh, she was gone for maybe about three hours before she came back the first time. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, let's see. Was was there anything else? Um. Oh, Father Monahan stopped by. Oh. Yeah. Um. He just kind of hovered around your door for a little bit, and it was when. Uh, Miss Pearson was gone. Or, mm, he doesn't know whether her name is Miss Pearson. Um, uh, he, when the maid didn't answer because she wasn't there, uh, he hung around for a little bit and then he left. Um, let's see, was there anyone else? Anyone else? No, no, no white mustache man. With the burgundy coat. <laughs> Taps his nose a few times. Good man, five shillings. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, five uh, Mr. Mr. Patrick, I, I can't. I, I, are you sure? Doing good work, Butterfingers. Oh. I, I expect uh, good work. Of course. Um, I, all jackets is cut, of course, but, um, God, this is going to feed me into like a full week. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Tucks it into one of his uh, vest pockets. Yes. Is it. So aside from Mustache Man, is there anyone else you want me keeping track of? Like, I also want to say this, is that like, if anyone gets too close, I have no problems with introducing, you know, the twins. Holds up his fist. It's hilarious. What a little dork. The twins. I love it. Um, they say, I'm trying to pull any hints of the large person who I saw my through but the point of view vision of this guy. And I'm like The only thing that you saw was an arm. White. White guy. You can give me a quick history check. Oh, I'm terrible at history. Or perception. Nineteen for perception, history eleven. Okay. With a nineteen was an older hand. Older than you, even. Older than me, and still that strong. One hand put Dietrich on his shoulder, and then with a weird, tenderly nasty thing. Gross, gross, gross. I don't have anything. I don't have anything to, for that. That's beyond did, me right did now. Did you tell me about that one, too? Uh, no, I didn't. You said you talked about your... Prior visions. 
I didn't um, mention the fact that you're still seeing green. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. But I will now. Only one side. Okay. Right. Um. I'll don't worry. I'll uh, keep watch. Um. It's, uh, it's my yeah, shift just, for another four hours. So. I would say pretty much anyone that comes by, we should be notified about. And he whips up a little. He kind of lifts up one of the flaps of his shoe shining station. And you just see like a little tiny black, uh, hmm. black board that has a couple of scratch marks. Um, yes. I'm really not good at my letters, but I'm good at my numbers. Good man. Great. Yeah. All right, we'll go in. And when we get inside, I'm going to look to see if there was any note or anything left from Father Mollahan on the, that, that Miss Pearson would have... No investigation. Yeah. No investigation check necessary. I will begrudgingly find a Bible and have Patrick direct me to tell me where is the Lord's Prayer. So you're probably going to his flat then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to... Are you guys going to go to the sitting room or are you going to both go to your flat? Let's go to my flat. Okay, so you both go up the stairs. Um, and yeah. I'm going to write it down and just put it in my coat right just so that i have it um i'm not gonna say any reason as to why or mm-hmm. what on earth i'm doing it unless you ask <laughs> um so I'm but i it was something that i felt was worth trying when you were in a trance and this if it happens to you again i want to have it handy so i'm gonna get out um uh Adolphus, my snake and yeah, I'm just gonna sort of have him there. I'm gonna be like, there was one more vision, horror I had looking at Peter's remains, and it was as if I could see through our killer's eyes. There's something annoying. Could you see who it was? No, I could see through his eyes somehow. But there was no mirror or anything then? No. He's... Mila? Mila. It's kind of a harder word. Mm -hmm. Mila. Very strong. And he's hungry. And he... Hungry. Has at least in this fever dream that I'm having, shadowy tendrils that were able to tear Peter asunder. Killer did it with his hands. He had a syringe that he used on Dietrich, but with with Peter, something something came out of him and lashed at Peter and ripped him 
if at all this is connected, these hypnosis, these drug-induced nightmares if god forbid there's something true to what miss britain's saying and that changes things as they say once you've eliminated all the other options, the last remaining option is, however incredible, has to be the truth. The past five years, you've taught me that logic above all else, you know, can help you get to the bottom of anything. So, if we're dealing with something beyond logic, how do we deal with that? to uh, put Adolf back in his area and then go over to a, a little um, container that has small mice and rodents and stuff that I used to, to feed mm -hmm. Adolf. And uh, I'm going to... Every once in a while, one has disappeared <laughs> because gonna, the I'm cat gonna, got to it. I'm going to take the little mouse over and put is it. Is it Adolf or is it Adolphus? It's, uh, it's Adolphus. I just wrote Adolf in the thing, so it's Adolphus. Um, um, so I'll take the, the mouse over to Adolphus's cage and put it in, and as Adolphus, you know, goes after and, and takes the... Well, you've gotten to be two kinds of snakes in this session. <laughs> goes after the snake. Yeah, just like that. But on that, I'm going to say... Ugh. Why? Why are you doing that? Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes... <laughs> logic isn't in an animal's uh, reaction. Sometimes an animal or a creature or a thing acts In a way of madness. You. Sorry. Go. To remind you mm -hmm. as to what you had uh, wanted to do, um, now that you do know that the Sussex manuscript, yes. you can go back and probably find those case notes yes. with ease. Alright. Um, then I'll check over those case notes. And okay. I'm going to go up and check in on Shadow. Good. Back to you in a second. Um, in regards to the case notes, the the matter of the of the Sussex manuscript um, transpired about two months ago at this point in time. It was one of the more interesting cases we've had in the last five years, as A, you left the confines of London while still staying on mainland England, and uh, you ended up at the uh, the country manor. Ooh, was I allowed to go? You were. The country manor of uh, Lord Miles MacDonald. Um, 
a uh, personal friend of the Home Secretary. Sorry, Lord Miles McDonald. McDonald. Yep. A personal friend of the Honorable uh, Lord Henry Matthews, the Home Secretary, who's basically the one that's in charge of Scotland Yard and most domestic affairs. Oh, freaking course. Sorry, say the, say the, who he's the friend of again? Friend Henry of? Matthews, the Home Secretary. Home Secretary. Yep. That isn't just the most biggest piece of nepotism I've ever heard of. I wonder if Matthews is still on the force. Related to Henry. Ugh. Um, that's me, not Carl. Carl already knows that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, it was a stately affair. And basically what it was was that um, McDonald's had been found murdered. And it was only his two children and his wife and the many servants that were there. And everyone had immediately dismissed the wife and children, of course, and you were called there to basically interview and suss out the details of the servants one by one. While you were there, you observed erratic behavior from the children who had taken to torturing and drowning small animals. And the prior Lady Matthews, uh, not Matthews, uh, MacDonald, the Lady MacDonald, um, was in immense disarray and despair. Uh, hardly ever kept herself well-groomed. It was your observations that the staff were honestly the tying feature. They were what kept the household afloat. They ensured that the Lady Lady MacDonald did not starve herself. And still, the the, the constables there were less willing to accept your analysis until the servants started disappearing one by one. There were three deaths while you're at your tenure at this uh, country manor before you finally found the Lady MacDonald blood-stained hands trying to kill another one. You were able to restrain her and you had her in police custody but not before she bit her own tongue off and drowned in her blood. The newspapers were very eager to or sorry, not the newspapers, the, the Home Secretary and consequently the police force were very quick to sweep this all under the rug. Mm -hmm. The Lord and Lady MacDonald simply experienced a hunting accident and uh, their children had been sent to the Americas to receive an education in the care of some distant relation. Among Lord and Lady MacDonald's effects, you had tried to find any hint of perhaps family history of bouts of insanity or 
abuse. And you weren't able to find much, but you did find a very old manuscript written curious insignia, entirely in Latin, hidden in Lord MacDonald's false bottom of a trunk. It intrigued you, and you had spirited it away from the manor and entrusted in the care of Father Matthews. After Not we, Father Monaghan. After we read it, we're going to get a telegram that says, Seven days. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it has been at St. Paul's ever since. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I'll dig it. As you go upstairs, you're immediately greeted with the loving nuzzles mm-hmm. of your straight-turned pet. <laughs> um, she's walking between your legs once more, and as you go up, you see that your quarters look considerably more organized. You see that uh, your pants... Um, your, your remaining pairs have been freshly pressed nice. and uh, have been hung. And uh, what's more is that you look over at the corner, and sure enough, any of the dust or the accumulation of debris that is around Shadow's blanket is still very much there. Mm. So she heeded your instructions and avoided Shadow's corner. Good. Give me either a perception... Yeah, perception check. Okay. Uh, 11. 11? Okay. It's very clean. You do see that a couple of your drawers are still, like, slightly open. Uh-huh. And your pillow doesn't look, like, properly aligned. So she's either sloppy or something along those lines. Okay. Um... I just kind of want to look around and see if I'm missing anything. Okay. Give me either an investigation or a perception. She shouldn't necessarily have been in my drawers. I mean, maybe I left them open, but... Um, okay. Better. 18. Does Jules keep a journal of any kind? Um... That's a good question. Well, um... I think probably on her own she wouldn't. However, if that was something that was encouraged by the people in the trial proceedings or... They probably would not have cared. Okay. Then. Anything that you would write would not be submittable as evidence. Well, just as like a rehabilitation. Right. Like a parole thing. Yeah, I I think that that's probably a little bit more sophisticated than their system back then. Fair enough. Um, Then probably no. Okay. Gotcha. Just kind of look. Nothing appears to be missing. Okay. So you just kind of. What is up with this maid? Okay. My pillow is. What? Oh, check my pillow. Okay, and it carries over. Um, it just honestly looks like it was either put down haphazardly or perhaps it had been lifted and then put back, not in the exact spot. Okay. But she also made your bed, so it could have just been sloppy. Okay. You're a naturally suspicious person. So. I am. 
Um, and she's new help, and uh -oh. and we are going to pause because bebe, and we're back with a disturbing realization <laughs> that G A O L, what I thought was Gaul, is merely the British spelling of the word jail. So it's not the Crumble Snatch Street or whatever the heck the name of it was, Gaul. But jail! So, with my little indiscretion set aside and <laughs> the proper shame now washing upon me. Shame. shame. Exactly. It's okay, because I thought phlegm was pronounced felgem for the longest time. Oh. Yeah. That took a while for me, too. Yeah. Calvin Hobbes, there was a... Yeah. That, I, that, that's the, exactly... The, the, the Harry Potter. Of phlegm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Harry Potter, because they called... What's your bucket? Phlegm. Fleur d'alicor. Oh. And I was like, what is this word? Anyway. Anyway, right. So then uh, I'm just going to try to relax a little bit. Great. Fantastic. Maybe um, take a nap. Yeah. Because we're going to be up real late. You guys are going to be up real late. Yeah. Yeah. So, starting your nap. Um, give me a whiz. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, Patrick? Mm hmm Are you doing anything before attempting to take a nap yourself? Um... I am going to I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare uh like a third of a dose of dragon haze for okay. tonight. Okay. Because Britain said that we need to bring something that might alter Expand our Expand your mind. I'm going to get, like, a small... Mm -hmm. like, nothing huge. I'm not going for a full dose here. But, nope. like, I'm going to just get it all crushed and ready and then my already loaded in a pipe. Why don't you give me a either a medicine check or a straight-up intelligence check? Just decided to cut out on focus. You. Yeah, I've got your stats five. here if you need it. There we go. That's a dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Okay. You well. You know. 100% that with your weight and height and previous indiscretions, but from the lack of recent, you know that a third of a dose, if your calculations are correct, should. You won't be as coordinated as you would be, but it should not, it shouldn't, it shouldn't render you a vegetable or a mineral. <laughs> oh, take a lap. Um, Get back here. Sit back down. Um, <laughs> you putts. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll make... You won't be as dexterous, but should achieve the... You'll feel a lot more charismatic. Cool. If we're talking about drugs in D&D terms. Sounds like exactly what we need. Okay. That's it. So, uh, as it is at this point in time, about 2.30... In the afternoon, if you guys take a long rest now, I'll bring you to roughly 10 o'clock. 
Awesome, long rest, long rest, long rest. I'm taking a long rest. Oh, gosh. Um, we leave a note for Miss Pearson being like... Do not disturb. <laughs> we'll eat late. <laughs> probably. Um, if I'm planning on sleeping that long, then I probably will go down and leave a note saying, we have a late night, we're going to sleep for a while, so maybe just leave something out for us. Great. Um, still feeling weird about this maid. Like her, but she's weird. Um, okay. Okay. Y'all awake? Sun has long since set. The lamplights on the streets of London are thoroughly lit. And you have a destination and a purpose. You prepare as best you can. Um, Jules, for clarification. Um, especially because Patrick would have said it. Outside of the game, we've said it to you, and we'll say that Patrick has told you as well. Miss um, Britton recommends means to expand your mind. What is Jules planning on bringing to assist in that? Alcohol. Alcohol, okay. Um, great. You, I'll probably, you, I'll probably you just take whatever we have in stash. Exactly. You guys, um, you have a couple of bottles of cheap wine, which you get for your own personal little rough days. But there's also um, a, a big old bottle of uh, brandy that Patrick uses to fill the decanter now and then. Um, and finally, I see. Oh. And uh, finally... A, uh, there's still about half, uh, half a bottle of a delightful uh, French invention that uh, Patrick had uh, located from a merchant that he had heard some interesting things about uh, called absinthe. Oh, boy. I don't know that I want to drink absinthe. Um, bad political issue. Um, I was about to say, I was say by the way that I've had absinthe before and I was grossly disappointed. Really? I was expecting to see a gosh darn green fairy, and I did not. Absinthe. It also tasted horrible. Did you have it with sugar? I did. I did the whole. I had the whole absinthe spoon with the sugar cube and like doing the whole sip, 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 sip. It was terrible. But my own personal experiences aside. Um. I'm the fun one. <laughs> I don't know that I, I would I know, call I know, that I know, I know, fun. I know, I know, I know, I was just saying You were the one who just said it tasted know, terrible, know, and you were disappointed. Yes. We have game nights, and it's a blast. It okay. is, it is. Um, you don't need alcohol to have a good time. That is true. Just be um, a fun person. <laughs> well, this has been, all this kinds has been of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I will probably... I've really liked our, our D&D stuff, but I guess... Uh... <laughs> We're not fun. We're so. not fun, so that's, that's no more. Um, <laughs> Can't play. I'm just going to roll. How many options were there? Four? Three. Three? Yep. A couple bottles of cheap wine. Okay. One brandy, is the wine. Two is, two is the brandy. Three is the absinthe. Four will we roll. Two. Brandy. So I'll take some brandy. brandy. Excellent. Um, so brandy is kept in the... not in. It's kept in the pantry... But as you get downstairs, you realize 
oh dear, I I don't know where things are kept now because um, typically the there wasn't any left in the decanter that I hid from. Oh, I guess you cleaned since I hid it from Matthews. Yeah, so. so the decanter definitely made its way back then. Actually, that's a very good point though. Um, odds or evens? Even. Nope, there was none left in the decanter. Okay. Um, so you go downstairs and you start to make your way to the kitchen and as you cross the threshold, I'm thinking going to where you normally would go to mm -hmm. where the alcohol is stashed, you see a cot mm -hmm. out of the corner of your eye and a lumped figure inside cot and you immediately freeze and you go, oh right, that was today. She moved things around. Pat said she could sleep in the kitchen. Right. Does that mean our alcohol is not here anymore? Crap. I'll go look under the stairs. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a stealth check? Oh, Alright. I mean, unless you don't care about waking her up. I mean, I don't particularly want to wake her up, but at the same time, if she wakes up, then I can just ask her. Fair enough. Okay, so no need to roll stealth. So you go over to the pantry, open it up, well, it looks like there's a lot of, like, dried and preserved goods under the stairs. Uh-huh. A couple big old bags of flour. Uh-huh. Tubs of lard. Yeah. Great, I'll just take lard. Just stuff my face with lard. Mm. I'm just kidding. Food coma. <laughs> Close the door. That's not helpful. Investigation? Uh, sure. Fifteen. Fifteen. You sneak back into the kitchen. Not sneak. You walk back into the kitchen. Um, as you approach the, the counter, you do see, though, that there is um, a couple plates with uh, um, what appear to be uh, small... We're going to call them chicken pot pie adjacent. Okay. Confections. Um, think... Veggie meat dumpling smothered in gravy. Great. Uh, and there's two plates of that. I'm just going to be like, huh. Like, <laughs> so uh, I'll pick that up and start eating as I walk around looking for the alcohol. It's quite good. It is quite good. Oh, good. Um, as you're, you do here. No. no, please. Oh, man. Everyone's getting beaten, Victorian London. It's the worst. <laughs> Your father beat you, her father beat her. It's a girlfriend. <laughs> um, uh,. That makes Jules sad, um, but she doesn't want to disturb her, um, so I'm just going to keep looking for the alcohol. Great. Give me one more investigation. Patrick, you, at this point in time, have all your ammo, you have your tools, <clears throat> and you start to make your way down the stairs. Nope, that's a two. Minus one, so okay. you You follow the sound of the, of the minor clattering. You kind of look into the kitchen. You see the cot in the corner immediately. Well, I need the brandy. So I'm gonna do the What's your thing, passive right? investigation? Also, and I'll hand him his plate. Sixteen. 
So as um, you are handed, you start eating and you kind of look behind Jules into the far right corner. There's a, a glass cabinet that has all the alcohol in the Come house. Come on now, I rolled a 15. <laughs> I should have seen that with a that 15. That was uh, earlier. That was earlier. That was for in the cupboard, Missy. Whatever, um, that was for my that was for my one. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so you just kind of <laughs> you see Pat just kind of give a little, <clears throat> and I'll go. <sighs> right, okay. Cat is now in the first floor area. What is she doing? Out of your flat. Oh, oh my. Mr. Patrick. It clutches the blanket to her chest. Miss Jules. Mr. Patrick. Um, Sorry, we weren't trying to wake you. No, no. It's I'm going to open my pocket, my coat pocket for Shadow to get in. Oh, good. Good kitty. Oh, um, back, back then? Um, just leaving. Just leaving. Oh. What time is it? About, about mm. ten. Oh. Well, um... Since I'm up, do you need any... Tea? Or anything? No, no, oh, go back you. to bed. Oh. Thank you. This was excellent. Thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I, uh, I had some dinner myself over at, um... The, the little boy in front, he uh, recommended a, a place in uh, Giles Square that he said that you... Attend every now and then. Um, mm -hmm. uh, exchange some pleasantries with her, uh, with Miss Hasmith. She gave me she gave me some pointers, and uh, it's not it's not quite as good, but I'm I'm learning. So that's quite good. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Mum. My, my, my pleasure. I'm 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 going to go back to sleep now. Yep. Um. Leave, leave the door unlocked. Then I guess I'll just um, um I'll just go. Good night. The blanket goes over her head. Okay. I'll, um. I'll. Retrieve some brandy. Is it sacrilege to put brandy in a flask? Probably, but what do you care? I'm just trying to think of how I'm going to get it there because I don't want to drink it now. Right. No. So flask, flask is probably the way to go. Okay, I'm going to check it in a flask. Yep. Um, as you are pouring in a flask, you do hear maybe the kitchen wasn't the best idea. <laughs> Mumbled underneath the blanket, mostly to herself. Um. Okay. So, once I have that, and we've eaten, I guess we'll go. All right. Well, is, as it is a late night, uh, I want you guys to roll me... Why don't you roll the double zeros and you roll the single for a D100, a collaborative D100, to see if a bridge is out and about at this Probably late hour. Not. 63. 63. Okay. Well, you need to get over 50. So. We're good. Um, we get a cage. So you do have the option. You do see a single one still milling about. Just. Are you going to take one? How or far do we have a? to go? Quite a bit. Carriage. Wide a ways. Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. All right. Even by carriage and with largely unpopulated roads, it is still going to take about an hour. Wow. Yeah. Good thing we took the carriage. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you arrive at... St. James Park. Thank you. 
We arrive at St. James Park with probably about 45 minutes to spare before the midnight hour. The moon full. is full. On this, the equinox. Was this not the was the equinox oh, on the 21st? All of the 21st. Back in 1889. Oh. oh. I'm sure it could have been. I, I said, I, said I, I think I established earlier that the equinox was the first day of the oh, campaign. Good. good. But... Oh, you're good. You're okay, good. gotcha. Whole, the whole dramatic monologue of the oh, day and good. night in equal good. measure yep. and yeah okay cool <laughs> love you um, as you approach the park this is 1899 while the while there are the occasional oil lamps within the park this is not a well lit place um, I need you both to either give me investigation or perception Perception. Fourteen. Ten plus a billion. Hmm? Ten plus a billion. Oh. Ten billion. Sorry, I don't know what that number is. Ten billion. Five. Stupid. Do you need me to call up your stats again? Eighteen. Oh, very nice. So between an eighteen and a fourteen, um, you begin by wandering on the main path of the park still, but deeper in, seeking out any sort of central, obvious, well-lit area within the park, where perhaps you could either await Miss Britton or perhaps where she already is. And it isn't too long before you see a simple gazebo. Um off a small footpath, uh, minor high-rise in the middle of the park. High-rise is probably not the proper term. It's a elevated surface built on a cobbled stone foundation and then filled with loam and grass so that it creates a kind of an artificial slope overlooking the, uh, the park in its entirety. Various maples and indigenous trees to Great Britain seem to be crowning this lovely hill. Cops separating the biting night wind from the rest of the park. Yeah, I'm definitely hearing footsteps. Yeah. And not spooky ones. I, I believe I was discussing the cops of trees. D&D After Dark is a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> podcast starring parents. <laughs> um, a four-year-old who gets very thirsty in the middle of the night. Yeah, because yep. he didn't get a cookie. It's true. That's funny. Yeah, um, he should. He should have. He should have known better. Um, <laughs> uh, so as you approach this beautiful knoll, high lit. Beautiful knoll. Perfect. Thank you. I, I like Not a mine shaft full of knolls, but a beautiful. <laughs> knoll. Um, Different knolls. Oh, please. purple dress. Please make this an NPC. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful knoll. Yep. Um, it sounds like a D&D pod is what it sounds like. The beautiful like. knoll of the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. Um, as, 
you approach the beautiful knoll. Um, sure enough, as you follow the path up, you do see the slightly hunched, but very undaunting figure of Miss Britton. Mrs. Britton. She's wearing a um, pure white dress that is very, very simple. It is not at all like the Boston fashions. It's not even remotely similar to London fashions. It is simply a, for lack of better words, a gingham gown. It's just a step up from a sack, but it's white. Is it is it a dress or is it a shift? Is it like an under like is it like an underdress? It's kind of like an underdress. Okay. She's just looking out at the park. She kind of just stands up straight for a brief moment, and she starts to turn around and sees the two of you coming up. Well, good evening, my friends. I'm so happy that you uh, have elected to join me. After all, this this little foray is for your benefit. Well, certainly not mine. Well, by extension, I suppose it is by mine, though. Really, it is six in one and half a dozen the other. <laughs> now, might I assume that this is your first? She trails off, eyes narrow imperceptibly. First at Jules, and then as her eyes go over to Patrick, she freezes in its entirety. And then her eyes slowly get wider and wider. She goes, Oh. Oh, but you two have had a very interesting time since we last spoke. Not very long ago at all. Oh, my dears. Um. Well, we, we, have, some t we have some time before we must begin. Seriously, Jack? Dude, we're about to get into this town. Seriously. How close are we to the end? We are very close. Just... It's okay, buddy. Work on self-sleep. We're going to be done in just a second. Well, we do have some time before the, before the moon is in position. Um... And the details of this uh, ritual are very short indeed. Please, um, you see her just kind of ease herself onto the, the floor of the gazebo. Remarkably bendy for a hunched old woman. She just sits down, her knees kind of behind her, and she goes, Go ahead and tell Nanny Britton everything. What have you seen? We have seen something. I I see it, and um, I'm willing to bet that you can see it too. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell her okay. the things that I've seen. Jules, as you are expressing all this, um, you may give me an insight check if you like. Okay. Carl, 
Give me a perception check. Oh, that's four. Okay. I'm in tight. She's she's interested. Mm-hmm. Doing a twenty. Dirty twenty. Centered on her ring. The faintest of green energy. And as she's listening to you list your visions, she finally goes, Oh. Well. Would be honest and say that I was initially concerned that I had brought this madness to you, but it seems as if the seed was already there. Perhaps I was a mere catalyst. Perhaps this is also part of it all. My friends, what we are about to embark on is a glimpse into my inner eye. We will see together what is to become of me. I have only lasted as long in my life as I have by not pushing the boundaries. I can open the door, I can show you the way in, but once we are inside, I must stay within the protective circle. I am far too powerful, and if I open myself up to something else, worse things than my death will occur. You are but fledglings. So you may go beyond the circle and still not be in imminent danger, but I beg of you, do not risk all of your mind for a glimpse of what is already bound to happen. Learn what you must, see what you can, but do not fall. If you do, It shan't be you who returns to this particular plane. Do you understand? I think I understand enough. It's as honest an answer as I could expect, and as I could respect. Mr. Patrick? I think we understand each other a little better now, don't we? A little, yeah. Very well. We shall make our way down to those trees over there, by the lake. Water is a source of great elemental power if used properly. And then we shall see my end. As she takes the two of your hands, oh, well, she takes Patrick's hand 
And she begins to reach for your hand. I'll... <clears throat> it's just a instinctual, yep. I flinch back, and, and I just cool. indicate that I'll follow. Of course. Help me up, please. The moment she steps out of the gazebo, you just see her take a deep... <sighs> the moon... Oh, she gives such vitality. The city of Ryala. It still lives on. Although the sleeping one would have us all think that it dissolved or not. I digress. Come, my friends. And as you descend the knoll, deeper into the darkness of this idyllic park, for purpose not quite as fanciful as one had initially thought. One must question, as the midnight hour approaches, what else will the midday bring in this shadowed abyss, this darkest of nights? And that is where we will end tonight's session. We hope that you had a spooky good time. <laughs> And please be forgiving of my word mispronunciations. <laughs> it's called a jail. You sure? I'm pretty sure. It's a jail.